So just one week away from Christmas, we have the opportunity to talk to the man himself, the birthday boy. Jesus Christ joins us tonight as our special guest. We also debut our new paranormal news correspondent for the Week in Weird. It's actually making a comeback. Boy, I hope I still have the sound for it in the computer. All of that is coming up on this episode. What number? 482. 482. Episode 482 of Spooky South Coast starts right now. South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, and Stephanie Burke. And uh, I, I just discovered uh, that I can do two things at the same time, but I can't do four. Congratulations. So there, now you're on the phone. Now you're all here with us. We're all able to talk and converse, and we're all able to... Uh, be friends. I guess. I guess we'll be friends. You know what I just discovered, though, Matt Costa, is uh, I think the Weak and Weird theme song cut expired from the... That's okay. It was, uh, That's I think it was sad. copyrighted anyway, so right. it would have yeah. been cut out of the YouTube. So basically, we need we need Weak and Weird music now. We do. We need some weird stuff. So we need something that we can lay as a bed underneath the Weak and Weird, so anybody that's musically inclined and wants to submit something... You know, we used to use the Unsolved Mysteries theme song. We had the... Right, which is know, coming back. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I'm really excited about that. The uh, the Robert Stack Classic Edition coming to Netflix. So we'll be able to check out the work that John Tenney did on that coming up. Uh, but before we get into tonight's show, we, our, our guest will be, well, Jesus Christ. The man's name is Richard Brown. He says that he is the resurrected Jesus Christ. He will be joining us tonight to explain why he thinks that and We'll ask him some other questions, and basically, if there's ever anything that you ever wanted to ask Jesus, you can call in and do so at 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. But before we do that, we want to welcome in, oh, and before oh, before we even do that, got to let everybody know, we've been talking about the Spooky South Coast Android app for the last couple of weeks, and from what I hear, you know, it's a great success, it's been working out great for everybody. And people have been asking, when is the iPhone version coming out? When is the iOS version coming out? And actually, it was just put up on the store right before we went on the air. So we don't even know if it really works. <laughs> so right. anybody out there that has an iPhone that wants to download it and try to use it and let us know, we would appreciate that. And you can tweet us during the show at SpookySC or use the hashtag SpookyLive or jump in the chat room uh, on our YouTube channel and on SpookySouthCoast.com as well if you want to let us know. So we would appreciate the feedback. Apparently, Stephanie can't download it in here because... I actually did download we, it. We have the wall of connection killing in here. It works. Um, I just clicked on live video from the app, and it brings me right to my YouTube app. And so so you, you can see me waving on your phone now. 
Yeah, yeah I can. Nice. So fancy, I got you all over the place, huh? Yeah, on my computer, right. on my phone, in front of my face. I'm such a lucky girl. So now we're all over the place, and I'm assuming Matt that with Google Play Store for Android, that'll also work for the Google Phone, right? What's up? That Maybe. that new Google Phone that's coming out, or is out the Google Pixel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if that works, yep. the Google Play Store, then it's we're good. We're good across. Except for uh, those weird Windows phones, but nobody right, has Windows one of those. Phones, right. Some people do. No, come on, for real. I don't know anybody that does, but all right. Well, they're out there. Not that fancy. Now we can get into officially bringing back one of the long treasured favorite segments of the show. We did it every week for the first I don't know, like eight nine years of the show, and then we kind of just let it fall by the wayside. But we are bringing it back now. The week and weird returns. Insert fancy week and weird music here. <laughs> And we are bringing on board our new paranormal news correspondent, Melody Knapp. Uh, Melody, good evening. How are you? Wait, hold on. I Let me make sure I'm doing this right. Yep, you should be on. Are you there, Melody? The week and weird just got weirder. Oh, don't listen on Oh, don't listen on the stream and wait for us to tell you that you're on the phone. Oh, it's like 20 seconds behind. I think I might have dropped her. Hold on. She can call back. All right. We're getting off to a great start here. <laughs> Go ahead, Stephanie. What? You can blame, explain just why. Blame it, blame oh. It on oh, okay. It's my turn now? Yep. This yeah, is you. fun. It's Mercury Retrograde on the 19th. So for those of you that do not know what Mercury Retrograde is, Google definitely works, but uh, it's the... Well, not, it, no, not if it's Mercury Retrograde. It might not, so maybe you should just explain It'll it. work enough, but uh, Mercury Retrograde and uh, the easiest the easiest way to describe it is um, you have the actual retrograde date, which is the 19th, but you have the pre-phase and the post-phase. So it actually lasts for a while, but it's retrograde for about three weeks. So um, I guess to the physical eye, um, it seems as though Mercury is spinning backwards, hence the retrograde, but it's actually not. It's just um, an illusion. However, because Mercury is the planet of all communication, it, it all... Um, I was going to pull something up for, I'll tell you my own version. Um, because it's, uh, the, the planet of communication, all communication goes backwards. So it's actually meant to be a positive thing. So everybody is supposed to slow down. What you're saying is it's probably a bad time to start a new job in broadcasting. Uh, yes, it's actually a bad time to do a lot of things because Mercury retrograde actually is supposed to force you to just slow down with the hustle and bustle of life, which is tough around the holidays. So it's right before Christmas. Um, but it's a time of inner reflection, sit back, kind of reflect, get your ducks, you know, in a row all together, get all your affairs in order. So that way when it comes out of retrograde, you can, you know, bounce forward and, and go, go straight onto the path that you're meant to be. But this is, this is not a bad thing. You just have to kind of be cautious of it and don't rush into it. So. We'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, and uh, Chris, uh, if you're listening, I, I know that you just uh, messaged, but if you're listening, uh, if you could give our guest a call and let him know, we'll probably get to him at about 11 o'clock. Uh, you know, I, I feel bad because we're making Jesus wait. But like hey, I said earlier, retrograde. like I said earlier, we made, you know, he made us wait like 2,000 years yes. for him to come back. So <laughs> if we can wait 2,000 years for him, he can wait like another half an hour for us. I'm I sure it's okay. Only fair. Jesus isn't really used to technology, I'm sure. So I'm sure he'll forgive you. All right. I, I think we are finally ready to go. Uh, I, I have Melody on the line here, and let's see if this actually works. All right, Melody, are you with us now? Hello. Yes, I am. All right. See there. I, I knew it would take a, a few tries, but we got it working. And it does. 
So now the idea is that we're bringing back the week and weird. You are going to be our paranormal news correspondent. Uh, you will be finding stories. And, of course, Matt and Chris, they do a great job all week long of posting weird stories up on our, our Twitter feed and our Facebook page. But you're going to be finding some of these stories and, and finding other stories and kind of bringing them to the table here for us to kind of talk about a little bit. Uh, it's always been one of the most popular segments. It's why a lot of people started listening to the show in the first place and somehow, for some reason, still stuck around all these years later. So no pressure, but if you screw this up, basically you're going to kill the entire show. So <laughs> Don't listen to him. They made me do it while I was pregnant. I didn't have a brain when I was pregnant. I was doing it. So if you you can't do worse than I did. None of us have a brain, and we did it for years. I know. So, so see if, that? You're, you're fine. If we can pull it Perfect. off, you'll be all right. So Melody Knapp is our paranormal news correspondent, uh, so she will be bringing these stories every week. And uh, so why don't you get us started off with the first story? All right, guys. So I am starting this one off. To kick it off, I bring you the ultimate couple showdown. Um, it involves a Ouija board a 20-year-old boy, his 22-year-old girlfriend, and a group of their friends. Um, I sense an idea for next summer's big horror movie blockbuster, because this one is straight out of a nightmare. All right, so Friday, December 11th, police were called to trade winds these departments in Michigan. Um, and as reported by ABC 12, news, the news team, witnesses, a.k.a. the friends looking to summon the devil, told police they watched as the boyfriend stabbed the girlfriend after an argument that occurred during the game. I'm going to go out on a limb here and speculate that one of them was being a jerk and moving it. (laughs) Um, But we've all been there. It's a Friday night. You guys don't feel like going to the bar, so you invite your friends over to contact the dead. And someone ruins it by faking some exorcist crap. but it was then that the witnesses say the boyfriend threatened to kill the girlfriend. And I bet none of them expected him to actually stab her, but he did. And she suffered from a collapsed lung, but luckily she survived and is going to be okay. Um, sounds like a very eventful night that they had. I have a feeling claiming to be possessed won't exactly help him out too much on the three charges he's facing while sitting in jail. <laughs> um, good luck with that one, buddy. You definitely take the cake as boyfriend of the year. Um, I don't know about you guys, but this is either an extreme case of possession, which I would love to dig further into because there was not a lot of details in the article uh, that I came across, um, or it's a horrible domestic violence incident being masked with a paranormal alibi, which I'm not sure why anyone would do that, but... Well, but that happens, though. I mean, and, and you know this, uh, Melody, and everybody here knows that, that sometimes, you know, it's it's something else that the paranormal can become a convenient excuse for. And there's, oh, yeah. you know, there's times when people get into fights, get into disagreements, and, and uh, sometimes it turns very dangerous or, or even deadly. And even if the people involved are saying, listen, I know we were doing this, but it has nothing to do with the paranormal. It's still, other people are like, oh, it's paranormal. Oh, it's because you mess around with this stuff, it's going after you. But, I mean, I know that every time I've used a, a Ouija board, the worst thing that's ever happened to me was like getting like a paper cut on the side of the board or something. But, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, and I, I, don't, I don't think I'd want to uh, get stabbed for using it. But then again, people are starting to send us like their haunted boards. So maybe it's only a matter of time. So I'm I'm looking at all of you guys. Just don't bring a knife to a, to a Ouija I, uh, board. I would hate to see what <laughs> happens during shoots and ladders. Right. That's that's when it gets serious. It gets serious. You know. You you haven't seen my uh, my stratego strategy yet either. 
Yeah, people get really angry over board games, period. Um, I had a friend, like, flip over the Clue game at me one time and, like, throw it at me because they were so mad that they lost. People get crazy about Monopoly, so maybe it was just the game. I, I just don't even play Monopoly. Monopoly, like, it, you it lose angers friends. people. Lose you know why it's called right. Monopoly, right? Yeah. Because it, it has nothing to do with the fact that you're trying to build businesses and build a monopoly. It's because it monopolizes your time. If you try to play yeah. a game of Monopoly by the rules, it takes like 17 hours. Well, it was designed that way on purpose. Well, yeah. you they, have to commit to it. <laughs> they need to redesign it. Well, they designed it during the, the Depression. Well, so, I get depressed every time somebody pulls out a Monopoly board. Does anybody want to play Monopoly? Oh, geez. <laughs> no, yeah. That junior Monopoly, good time. We, it's we need, way faster. We need a spooky South Coast Monopoly. I like let's, that. Let's work on that. All right, Melody, uh, you, have, you have another story for us? All right. So second story, I think all of you guys are going to be really interested in this one. Um, so what would you say if there was a machine that, for lack of better phrasing, had the ability to eliminate spirits from any location permanently? Um, like, you know, unhaunt your home, per se. Well, this week, that machine has been released by Boom D Labs, based out of Thailand. And on Monday, Greg Newkirk, uh, recently featured on Kinder Spirits, as you guys know, published an article on his site, Weak and Weird, articulating the madness behind this crazy machine. So basically how it works is it's described as a wave killer. So upon flipping the power switch, it activates a low-level electromagnetic field a condenser microphone, and an infrared camera. When the machine detects an anomaly, it fires off a wave killer. And I'm doing a little quote-unquote bunny ears, and I did not make that term up. The company claims the radio blast forces negative, right, the radio blast forces negative entities to leave the location permanently. So uh, curious ghost hunters who want to get their hands on this interesting piece of equipment will have to sell out a meager $1,500 and $150 for shipping and handling overseas. <laughs> and I am all set, but Greg was lovely enough to post a diagram um, for those who want to try their hand at recreating this interesting ghost repellent machine. But this is a weird topic for me, as it, it, it seems to lack empathy from my viewpoint, because as many of us know, the spirit world is a tricky place to maneuver. Many spirits come across in almost a negative way, just from our perspective, mainly because they're trying to be heard, you know, they're trying to be acknowledged. And with this, we could find ourselves facing unexperienced people buying the machine and potentially causing more harm than good. I mean, there's no not any reports on if the ghost repellent works or not, but it almost sounds like, if anything, at the very least, it would displace the entities, not remove them permanently. And if it does work, like, let's hope it doesn't fall into the wrong unqualified hands because it's our job as investigators to determine the kind of haunt before we attempt to cleanse or help spirits move on. And I would hate to find this piece of equipment used to torment a spirit who potentially suffered enough already because we truly don't know what would happen if they were eradicated from the place they were attached to due to comfort or confusion or what have you. So... Hopefully we can get some more information as the equipment starts to get utilized in the field more. But no, oh, come on, you know you know what it is. It's just going to be you plug it in and it lights up and it makes like a low level hum and everybody thinks it's doing something. It's not right. going to really. This is the second model too. So I mean, like the first one, I think they said they only sold like four of them, but none of the four people who bought them posted anything on if it worked or not. So yeah, I'm I'm going to go with uh, you know I'm I'm going to go with. 
calling this the, the next ghost arc. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I have to agree, though, um, with the whole displacing thing. Because my, my question to everybody all the time is, oh, I cleared a house, or oh, I, I'm a demonologist, and I did my ritual, and they're gone. Okay, where'd they go? Where'd you send them? You know, exactly. what What good did you do? Um, you know, coming from my standpoint and, you know, being a medium and doing what I do, when I pass them over, so to speak, cross them over, whatever you want to call it, I know where they're going and I know where I'm sending them. And it's, there's a purpose to it. So if the machine did work, I'd be curious to, to test that out to see where do they go or where does it send them and how much good is that actually doing? But exactly. it, it sounds like a... a nice contraption to um you know just add to the the toolkit of amateur ghost hunters yes (laughs) i mean looking at it it you know it just it looks like a looks like a subwoofer that's what i was trying to google it while um while melody was talking and i and you know i need a new subwoofer matt we've been talking about that my subwoofer's dying that's true i need one Mm -hmm. maybe i can get him to send me one of these we'll see what happens you know i might not carry the bass through when i'm watching like you know a, a good movie but at least i'll keep the ghost away from my house so, see that. Either way, it works. Uh, you know what? I I don't need a ghost repellent device. I need a paranormal investigator repellent device. I like that. I, I need something I can plug in and just keep certain people away when I'm trying to yeah. do my work, you know? When I'm trying yeah. to get things done. I can help you with that. You're one of the people I'm trying to get to go away. God damn it. Oh, oh I can't it. say that tonight. Why can't you? Because Jesus is coming on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that him and his dad had a disagreement. I'm not exactly sure if they've been cool yet. You know what I mean? Come on, Tim. Ten Commandments. Hey, you're no, not supposed we'll... to use God's name in vain. We'll see. What What are you thinking over there? We'll Come see on. what happens. I thought you were saying because well, you just said you wanted to get rid of me, so clearly you're trying to send me to hell tonight. I was. I That's was what saying. I heard. I'm saying that we're on YouTube and you can say God damn it if you want. Oh no, I definitely but... can, but. Jesus is not going to approve. We'll see what Jesus thinks when he comes on. All right, uh, one one more story for us, Melody. All right, and to close out the night, I wanted to bring you guys something that um, I think everyone has a very interesting opinion on. So, last story I present to you was written by David Moye for the Huffington Post, and it's a little bit older, but something many of you should get kicked out of. So, Los Angeles Lakers star Metal World Peace claims he was touched inappropriately by a ghost while in Oklahoma City for a game with his team. Uh, the team was staying on the 10th floor, which is the most prominently, like, notoriously haunted place in the hotel. And they were staying at the Spurvin Hotel when the supernatural assault took place. So, Peace reported to the Orange County Registry that the ghosts were all over me. I just accepted it. And he had a very good sense of humor about it. Because he followed that statement up with, they touched me all over the place. I'm taking one of the ghosts to court for touching me in the wrong places. Seriously? And I think there's a few, like, you know, oh, I was, you know, touched by a ghost inappropriately stories. And I always find them very interesting to look into. Well, that's the whole reason I got involved in this field, is so a ghost would touch me inappropriately. See that? I'm a lonely, lonely oh, man. Hey, it's only happened to me once, and it was nothing major, but uh, it was actually in the Fearing Tavern. You know what? We're all you know what? We're all screwed. We're all screwed. Oh, at least all you women are screwed when Donald Trump dies. Oh my God! Oh my God! Because guess where his ghost is going to be grabbing you? But where would well, he I hang out? Recently grabbing you right the... for the first time, like on the leg, like, and it was like pretty close to um, a private lady part. <laughs> it was kind of like, whoa, buddy, back up. 
I am. Um, the only one. Well, listen, I, I've been covering the NBA for a long time uh, in my job as a sports writer, and I've interviewed Meta World Peace, formerly known as Ron Artest. So we do have to qualify the story with the dude is crazy. All right, he's just Clearly, a, yeah, he's just a crazy guy. But at the same time, you know, numerous athletes have reported staying in this hotel, and there's stories about other hotels. Uh, you know, Dan Gordon and Mickey Bradley wrote two whole books about haunted baseball and all the yep. different, and they mentioned hotels and that stuff. So, I mean, this does happen. This does happen to, to these guys when they're out on the road. Uh, but it, again, you know, Metal World Peace, he's kind of a little bit of a, a crazy guy. He's a little eccentric, I guess. Um, wasn't it, who else came out and said something like they, I'm on YouTube, right? I'm not on the air. Yes. They had sex with a ghost was, um... Kesha, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. She just oh, came yeah. out recently yeah. and talked about that. So, I mean, maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's not. And we've had people on um, as guests that have talked about writing books about the, the phenomenon. So, I don't uh, I don't know. I haven't experienced it myself. I think I've, I've only gotten pinched by a ghost um, inappropriately. But that's it. Yeah, so. I've only been grabbed, like, on the, like, very close to not touchable areas, but... Never had sexual relations with Yeah, no. And I can definitely say, even if I thought that happened, I would not come out and tell anybody about that. No, if that happens, I want to know. you got to tell me. I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, I I definitely would want to know about that. Because like I said, that's the whole reason I got involved in this is because, you know, (laughs) I was lonely on Saturday nights. And I was like, maybe (laughs) if I just started looking for ghosts, I could find one of those succubuses or succubi. And, uh, I was really going to bring that up, like the incubus and the succubi, because I mean, like that—that that definitely dates way back, you know. So I mean, like there, there has to be some kind of truth to it. I just well, there's too many stories for it the not regular to be. Ghost part of it, like you know, so, uh, a human being dies, and they're like, you know what, I'm going to go have sex with all these. But different some of those stories, people. though, might have human rationale behind them because you know the incubus stories could have come as a result of you know all of a sudden women who were supposedly chased show up pregnant so oh how did that happen oh uh, you're not married so you know what happened oh it was a demon came to me the night right you know and and men would be caught you know uh maybe you know taking care of themselves and uh, what are you doing in there that's a sin oh no no it was a ghost the ghost did it yeah religion so. runs deep on that one um especially no pun intended. going <laughs> Right. I just had this conversation the other day about how everything that comes out of my mouth is wildly inappropriate and so is not meant to be. Usually you're fine on the radio, but I YouTube, am, but YouTube, not tonight. Just, YouTube just turns you into a sailor. I just had an energy drink, so uh, things are going to get way more interesting as the night goes on. There you go. Oh, All right, well, Melody, before we let you go, uh, did you have something that you wanted to promote? I know you were working on something coming up for February. Is that is that a go? Are you ready to announce that yet? Oh, we cannot because okay. there's someone filming at the location and we need to talk to him. But hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. All right. Well, anything else on the calendar that you want to let us know about? Uh, nope. Nope, not really. All right. Well, I, I got one for you. Uh, in right. two weeks when we return to Spooky South Coast, because we're taking the next, you know, the New Year's Eve and Christmas Eve off, you know, you can promote the fact that you'll be here again to share some more stories with us. Yes, and it'll be just as interesting, if not more. <laughs> right. I hope so. Sounds good. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us live tonight. Some of these will be live. Some of these will be taped. You know, if you're if you're around on a Saturday night, we always prefer live. But you know, I know that you're busy out there in the field and 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 doing the real work. So, but you know, we like talking with you one on one too. So I do too. Thank you guys so much, and uh, I'll be tuning into the show anyway. So. All right, and and now that we, you've got all these spooky South Coast uh, fans and listeners who are going to start following you, where should they go to follow you online? Um. 
pretty much uh, my name, Melody Knapp, and my Instagram is Melody.Knapp, and my Twitter is Melody.Knapp. So just search my name, and you'll find me. I always post really interesting, funny stuff, and got a good sense of humor. So. <laughs> All right. And, uh, and stay away from the, uh, the spray, okay? Oh, my God. Please. Tell me about it. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to decide. I don't know if I want to call her uh, Pepper or Squints. But I kind of right. like, uh, both are kind of cute. Right. So. Oh, and also my team page is Transcendental Truths if they want to follow that project. It's a much more scientific approach to investigating, and we're not doing it how regular investigators do it nowadays. So right. that'll be launching in 2017, but you can follow the page now to keep up to date. Excellent. Well, thank you so like much. And, and all right. Thank you, Pepper, for uh, bringing us the week in weird. <laughs> thank you, guys. Talk to you Thanks. Soon. Have a good night. That is uh, our Bye. paranormal news correspondent, Melody Knapp. And, uh, and she is going to be bringing the stories to us each week on Spooky South Coast. And you can always submit stories to us if you want by sending them to us, uh, Spooky Crew at SpookySouthCoast.com or by uh, hitting us up on Twitter at SpookySC or on Facebook. Uh, but really, I mean, Matt and Chris do a really good job of covering all those stories. And we'll get Melody involved in some of that, too. We'll get her submitting stuff via the, the social media as well, uh, just so that, you know, it's – I find that to be the the thing that people can go to every day, you know. You can only get so much of the show. You listen to the show once, maybe twice during the week, and that's, you know, that's the end of it. But the news, the news comes out every day. There's always something weird being posted up there. So definitely it's worth following us and uh, and – as we said, now that we have both the Android app and the iPhone app, you know you can do all that. You can follow along with us right there on the app. We have it all tied in. It's kind of one-stop shopping for everything Spooky South Coast. So when you get new devices for Christmas or whatever you celebrate, then certainly make Spooky South Coast one of your first downloads. Uh, we absolutely will... Not well, we might let you down. I can't say that we won't let you down. It's not that we let them down. Our technology gets a little crazy sometimes. I will say this: we won't take up a lot of space in your phone. Good. That, that I much like I that. can promise. It's, it's a very small app, very non-intrusive. But uh, we we are going to start. We're going to set it up so we can do push notifications on that, though, awesome. right, Matt? So that yeah. e- so yeah. that every time we want attention, we can just send out a push notification. Right. It's like pay attention to us. Right. Right. Like. I You're just, a little needy. I just posted a picture on Instagram of my dinner. Please like it. Oh, I'm my God. <laughs> you could set that up, though. I mean, it's no, it's no, paranormal yeah. news. So it's yeah, not... we'll, we'll do it to like let people know when the show is going on and when there's a new video posted and things like that. Well, there's plenty of... We won't abuse it. No. There's plenty of ways to follow everything that we do and stay on top of it when... Um, we might abuse it. <laughs> on social media itself. So if you guys need help with that, of how to follow, you can easily do that on um, Instagram and Facebook. Twitter, I'm still not that great at. Okay, I'm going to give uh, Matt Costa a job right now. Uh, I'm going to have him actually call Jesus. So does Jesus have a cell phone? I don't know. I don't know if this is a, a landline or a cell phone. Okay, but just we, curious. We do have his number, um, and you know we're gonna we're gonna talk with him coming up. Uh, and if you have any questions during the discussion, you can call in at five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. The man's name is Richard Brown, uh, but he says that he is the reincarnated Jesus, the returned Jesus Christ. I, I always, I keep saying reincarnated, but it's not. It's it's a resurrection, really. Uh, but we'll okay. we'll get into all the differences about that uh, coming up with Richard. But we will take your calls, and you can join in the chat room as well. And I did put it out earlier that if people could ask questions to Jesus, what would they want to ask? 
So some of those questions uh, that filtered in on, on Twitter and Facebook earlier today, uh, we might work some of those questions in as well. But really, I have no agenda in this discussion. I have no like right. real planned you know, it's. It, I just. I want to find out his story. I want to find out why. And people have been getting on us all week long since we started talking about this. About you know, why are you having this guy on when clearly, clearly he's not Jesus? And my response is, well, how can you say that he isn't? Mm. You know, you haven't heard his story yet. It's kind of comparable to the questions of how do you know ghosts don't exist or uh, do exist? Any of the any of the topics that we so cover here on the show. How do we know that we, Santa's not real? We could say, well. Uh, I don't know if you saw that story this week. No, I haven't. There was a street preacher who decided to show up at a mall mm. in Texas and went up to the line of kids all waiting to speak to Santa Claus and started yelling at them about how Santa Claus isn't real. Mm, that's it's nice. your parents who bring you the presents and that we really shouldn't be celebrating Santa. We should mm. be celebrating Jesus. Yes. And so, you know, these parents were kind of getting up in his face and he said that he's received death threats. And of course you have because you ruined Christmas. Right. Even even Jesus would be okay with kids believing in Santa. And, and actually we can bring on our guest tonight, Richard Brown, the man who claims to be the resurrected Jesus, and ask him what he thinks. Uh, kind of right out of the gate, Richard, I'll ask you that question. Uh, All right. The story about the street preacher in Texas that, that hit the news wires this week, you know, going up to these kids in the mall and saying that they're committing blasphemy by worshiping Santa Claus and that Christmas is supposed to be about Jesus and that it's actually their parents that bring them the gifts and basically just ruining the magic of Christmas for these children. Uh, I can't imagine that Jesus would not really have an issue with Santa Claus. No, I don't think he does. He's got more important things to worry about. There's the, yeah, there's a lot more stuff going on in the world than kids believing in you know a, a magical fairy tale. Right. It's all fine. Everybody knows that. And then it's still they got to be taught it's about Jesus Christ and Lord and Savior. But at, at the same time, you know, it doesn't make one mutually exclusive to the other. Um, no. It shouldn't. I mean, you really have to, it all has to point back to Jesus Christ, right? Well, and so we received this email from you uh, a while back, uh, you know, asking to come on the show. And, and in the email, you know, you state right at the beginning that uh, your name is Richard Brown, but that you, you are the return Jesus Christ. So my first question is, and it's the question that everybody's been asking us this week on social media when we announced that you were our guest, is what makes you think that? Well, I've had a lot of things that have happened to me in my past that, uh, that totally convinced me. So I've had some revelations of signs, wonders, matters, uh, all kinds of stuff. And it's after 20 years of thinking of Jesus, I'm totally convinced. So, were, I mean, were you somebody who was, uh, did you come from a very religious background growing up? Did you have a strong belief in Jesus already? No. Uh, kind of. I was uh, raised Catholic, but I, like, I was the only one in the family that went to church much. And then... Uh, I didn't do much church stuff for 10, 15 years, then went back, and uh, I gave my heart to Jesus, and then 10 years later, I became Jesus. So, again, you know, you say that you have, you know, signs and wonders that appear to you, but, wh I mean, what exactly would you uh, point to as being specific examples of that? All right, I was living in uh, Jerusalem. I mean, I was living in El Paso at one time, right? Mm -hmm. When this all started, actually, you know, when it started. And uh, I, 
I heard a voice say, look at the globe. So when I picked up a globe of the world and I looked at it, it I saw a spark of light come from Waco, Texas. And that, that's where, you know, where they killed the branch Davidians. Yes, yep. And then the day that I got this revelation, um, I, I read in the Bible that, Behold my servant the branch, which is what started all this. So, and then I was in the branch of events after that. And then I heard a voice say, Turn the globe over. And it turns out Jerusalem, El Paso, and Waco are all in the same longitude as well as the word Jew. Hmm. Maybe the first letter of each. It's just kind of fascinating. To pick up a globe and take a look, they're all in the same longitude. It's pretty weird. I mean, some people will look at that and say that it could be coincidence but i mean if you are feeling like you're being pushed to draw these connections um then obviously you know there's something inside of you or something speaking through you saying you know pay attention to these connections so i'm assuming that there's been a lot of other connections that have kind sure. of made this picture come clearer for you right so another example of uh, something else that would be considered abnormal or weird you know is uh if uh, I, all right, so I got what I, I knew. So Waco got brought into this, all right? Mm-hmm. And then let's think about Branch Davidians and Wacos after I got the revelation. I was the branch, but it turns out it's three and a half years later. Um, I'm three, 33 and a half years old when this began and started. And uh, let's see, uh, a couple weeks after that, I had a stigmata. Oh, a stigmata on my forehead. Oh, you, you had actual stigmata? Actual stigmata, yeah. It was pretty freaky. It scared me. So like where the where the crown of thorns would have been? Yeah, where the crown of thorns is. But see, the crown of thorns, there's much more to this Bible thing going on. Let me give you, you know, you like conspiracies and stuff, right? Sure. Right, so, um, if you take Waco, Texas, right, where like 80 or so people died, and uh, you connect the dots, all right, of what somebody was trying to do. So, for example, if you connect uh, Waco, Texas with Oklahoma City, right, mm-hmm. you recall that Oklahoma City was done, what, two years later on the same day, right? Right. Was it Was it the same date? It was the same exact day, right. So, and what's funny is, not funny, but, you know, what happened was, like, 88... 80, 84 people died in uh, Waco, Texas. Well, when they revenged them at Oklahoma City, all right, it turns out that twice as many people died. Hmm. 160 people. So it was like double of the Lord's hand. No. If you add uh, another factor, this is where the conspiracy starts. Con- that's one conspiracy, right? Sure, yeah. Right, he's got him blowing up buildings two years later. There's something there, right? Yeah, on yeah. April nineteenth was the date of that. Two years later, yep. right? Exactly, sir. So there's another cult. That, remember God's salvation? I'm not God's salvation. But that's another one. But I'll tell you this other one first. Remember Heaven's Gate? Oh yeah, Marv Applewhite. Yep. Right. So um, now, when they went and killed themselves, I was one of the first websites um, on the internet. I started my web company at that time in 96 there wasn't many companies on the internet at that time 
It was yeah, very early stages uh, of of nice having station. a web presence. Yeah, yeah, it was zero when this all started for me, right? So, um, what was it? All right, I got sidetracked there. Well, you're talking about when Heaven's Gate happened and oh yeah, okay. Hale-Bop so, Comet and all that. Yeah, so 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 Heaven's Gate. Now you. you you look at these fools, all right? See, now, they, you know how they made their money? They made their money uh, developing websites. Remember? That, well, I don't know. If, if you say so, yeah, I, I was unaware. Yeah, they supported at least 39, 40 people designing websites. Okay, so that's how, and they all lived in one house, big mansion, and, and you know, uh, San Diego. All right. <laughs> You know, so um, they did this any I guess. So they, so if you look at the Book of Isaiah, there's 39 uh, Munich in the palace of the King of Babylon that are carried away. All right. Okay. And there were 39 of them that killed themselves. Isaiah 40 talks about that there is uh, one in the desert makes straight a highway, you know, for the desert for our God. So. When this all started, I thought I was Elijah. I didn't realize I was actually uh, Jesus Christ. The spirit of Jesus Christ is what was returning in me. So you're just you know you're seeing all these signs and and it, it, you know you're you're looking at them but not making that connection yet. You're realizing that something is going on, but you yeah. have yet to realize that you're the conduit for it. Right, exactly. So what, what put the last part of the puzzle is there's another cult called God's Salvation Front. Now, they went to Garland, Texas. They said they went there because it sounds like God's land. All right, in Garland, Texas, all right? So I looked at the map. Well, I saw it first. I heard about them looking at the newspaper. And in the newspaper, they said they were afraid they were going to kill themselves like uh, Heaven's Gate did. And so uh, they were going to keep an eye on it. But then they put the address of where these, all these, uh, hundred, it's supposed to be like 144 of them, right? So you see what they're trying to do, right? So they were, they were afraid they were going to kill themselves like this, the guys in San Diego did Heaven's Gate. Now this other cult, the one that was in Garland, Texas, is called God's Salvation Front. Yeah, maybe another name also, First Church, but it's God's Salvation Front. It was in the newspaper, at least I saw. Now they put their address in there. So I took, a, this is a sign I was supposed to write them. I've never seen the address of an article before, but you know, it's in there, El Paso time. So I said that and I wrote them a letter and I'm showing the dots of all these, you know, this puzzle, right? So if you, if, if the, guy, the guy was saying that he was Jesus, a God, whatever he was trying to do. Which, yeah, many of them do. Right. They were, well, they came from Taiwan, these guys, all right, uh, wearing, like, white all the time. And uh, so and they were going to, you know, these are the 144,000 horsemen following them into the world and stuff like that. He's saying these guys got two children. What, this one is Jesus. This one is Christ. All right, I got two children also, Crystal and Christopher. All right, they're the Christ children. They're the family watch. Okay. And so, uh, all right, any other, all right, keep going. Well, 
I mean, we're, we're you know we're seeing all these different connections here. But when when did you actually have the revelation that it was actually you that was Christ? Because you know we we've heard the promise of of Christ coming back to Earth, and you know we've been waiting around for you know two thousand years. Uh, and I think that there have you know in talking about these different cults, there have been many others who have claimed to be the the resurrected Christ. I mean, what was it that clicked in your mind that made you definitely feel like it was you? All right, exactly. So on the day that I had, all right, see, here's what happened was, it was in July something in 96. And all the Republicans were on their way to, to uh, San Diego to uh, do their national convention to pick who they're going to have for the primary, who they're going to have for the president, right? Mm-hmm. That's back in 96. Bob Dole was running. Yep, Dole and Clinton, yep. All right, so... Um, I sent them all a letter and I'm saying, look, you know, I had this business called World Wholesale Outlet. Wasn't making much money. So I, in my head, I said, okay, I'll get 10% to pay off the national debt of the U.S. And they didn't answer me. All right. But beside that, but on the day that I addressed all these envelopes, I, uh, I picked a verse out of the Bible to put as a, as a subject matter in that email. And I picked a verse out of uh, Zechariah 3. And it was basically a couple of verses, but the, the main one is, Behold my servant, the branch. Well, when I read the, the verse, Behold my servant, the branch, I hit the floor. I mean, it basically literally floored me. And, and I didn't know who the branch was, but when I hit the floor, I go, God, why me? And I heard a voice that said, Because you've been so faithful. So you and you think that that voice was God Himself? I believe so, absolutely. And what I mean, what what is your reaction to hearing that voice? You know, you you hear this voice speak to you that you believe is God. What 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 goes through your mind, and 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 how do you you know adjust to that reality? All right. Well, what, what initially went through my head was why me? Okay, I knew it was profound, but again, I didn't know who the branch was. But in that, at that moment, though, let me keep going for a moment. Um, I uh, walked, I'm shaking after I get up off the floor. Literally, I put, you know, nose to the ground. So I get up off the floor, I sit down on the couch, and I'm looking up at the uh, TV, and it, a news flash goes off that a third of the United States' electricity just went off. And it's all the way from Canada to Mexico, all the way to the West Coast. Wow. Right. Now, uh, that was the... Uh, that was the July 2nd or the 6th. Or it's somewhere around there. I got his, you know, I don't know off the top of my head right now. All right, but so I sent it out that day, and uh, it was the biggest blackout we had. But it came at the same moment that I basically hit the email to send out all these emails to the 200 or so senators on the way to San Diego. But at the same moment, I took a sip of coffee and I spit out a fly. Going, ooh, why is that? I guess it landed in my, you know, coffee or whatever, right? So I took a step, I spit, I go, why are you? Man, that's weird. And then I hit the, I picked the title, Behold My Servant the Branch, and hit the button. I sent out all those emails. I haven't been the same since. Um, after that, I decided to give all my business to pay out the, the, the well, 10% to pay out the national debt of any country that would join us. Because the United States didn't answer. Well, none of the co- other countries answered either. Mm-hmm. 
And they said, I'm gonna, and I said, God, this business is not working. You're going to have it all. So 100% goes to the church. And so we're all going to use that to uh, fund our infrastructure and do what we got to do. So at, at this moment then uh, that you, you have this realization that God speaks to you and tells you that you are Jesus, uh, was there automatically imbibed in you a sense of, I'm sorry, imbued in you a sense of what it is that you had to do, or did it take a little while to kind of figure out exactly why you were given this and what you were meant to do with this position? Well, I, I got the original, um, after I started thinking I was, uh, the, the day that Revelation had, and, and the third of the United States blacked out. By the way, it looked like a big giant sickle, like the harvest was here, the Grim Reaper, all right? Mm-hmm. All right, and then you got Jerusalem, El Paso, and Waco. Take the first law of each, it spells Jew. El Paso, by passing over. And you take, if you sit there and draw a line from Waco to Oklahoma, and you draw a line from San Diego to Garland, where the other cult went, it makes a cross. And then you got right to Garland, don't you get it? When they uh, crucified Jesus, they put a garland on, on the, the Messiah's head, right? You know, crown of thorns. Somebody uses the word garland, right? And so that's what they were trying to pull off. They didn't know I was going to show up, though. 33 and a half years old, thinking of Jesus. (laughs) So that that was actually the age that you were when all this happened? Yes, sir. Well, that's uh, that's you know perfectly fitting there. Uh, yeah. So then, all of a sudden, you, you know, you say that you know your business starts going toward the church and funding the infrastructure and all that. What have you done now with this gift? I mean, I know that you've written a couple of books, but how have you taken this, uh, taken this role and and gone out into the world with it? Okay, so after I started realizing I was actually going, I was actually Jesus. All right, it took like six months for that to happen. So. I, now, this, I, I, it took me 10 years to write one of the books I wrote. Wasn't that easy, right? Wow, yeah. That's... Not to tell the world. So I released those uh, as a video form. So long I didn't even want to type it. So I released it as a video form. It's uh, like 707 videos, 10 minutes apiece on average. Watch them all. You'll know everything I know. Hmm. Yeah. And we're going to, it's a book about changing the world, uh, pouring out judgment and wrath against that which isn't right. We are separatists, so it goes into all about separating from the ungodly kingdoms, um, governments, economies, regions of the world that aren't, you know, Jesus-based believing. We separate. I, that, I, I can't believe that. That was just... I think we've lost Stephanie for a second. She's uh, feeling a little under the weather, so let me just pull down her microphone. Doctor, did it? Was she on the line? I didn't even know. Oh, yes. No, we have, uh, there, I have uh, three co-hosts with me. I have uh, Matt Moniz, I have Stephanie Burke, and I have Matt Costa. Uh, but uh, Stephanie, just uh, she's, she's a little under the weather. She just needs, so. Right. And yeah. we, we don't have cough buttons on our microphones, so, you know, we'd. We'll say prayer for it. Thank you very much. Uh, now, so 
with with doing this now, with going out into the world and sharing this message, I'm sure you get with a lo- met with a lot of skepticism from people. Uh, at what point do you actually tell them that you are Jesus? How do you work that? How do you work that into a conversation? I mean, obviously, you sent us an email because you know we're receptive to you know different types of beliefs and ideas. Uh, but you must be met with a lot of resistance in, in other arenas. Well, I I've been doing this for 20 years now. And I've met thousands of people that said I wasn't Jesus, of course. Met, met very few that said they were believing me, but, you know, I couldn't trust them. <laughs> couldn't trust their belief system at the moment. All right? Um, but what I'm doing now, as I said, I wrote a book. It took me like 10 years to write. It took me like three or four years to record it on video form and, and put it on YouTube. Set up my uh, YouTube account as I Am Jesus Movie, and uh, I, and then I put my Twitter account up recently, and that is Richard is Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to contact me and also to uh, follow all the different sites I have put on there, tweeted out also. I mean, I can assume that social media is a great way to to share that message and and. You know, the world is connected more than it was, you know, two thousand years ago. Uh, well, you know, maybe you think about that, it, but... it's probably easier to take over the world now than it's ever been. Well, how how so? Well, just because it, we've never had communication and industry and the understanding of, of thought patterns as well as we do now. That's true. So you mean like the actual, uh, you know, the actual. Ability to spread the message and to reach out to everybody would do would it. Be and when, to do, yeah. when you know the way to manipulate and get everybody to do what you want at one time. But doesn't well, wouldn't uh, the fact that there is like uh, there is a lot more skepticism in the world today. There is you know people are are very um, slow to believe. I think and people require a lot more proof than they might have required uh, in in years past. So I think that that might actually be a bit of a hindrance because. It's got to be harder for you to convince people that you are who you say you are. I mean, just because people are relatively – people are even skeptical about whether or not there even was a Jesus. So it's hard to convince them that you are the resurrection of Jesus when, you know, some people don't even believe he was the Messiah to begin with. That's why we're separatists. I'm not going to convince everybody I'm Jesus, all right? You know, that's impractical and probably not going to happen against Bible. It's not going to happen, so – that's why we're separatists. We're going to take half the world. You know, we'll take the north. You can have the south or the other way around. We'll take, the, you know, the old world. You can have the new world. I don't care. All right? Um, but we're taking half the world, and we're going to separate from those that wish to continue the way it is. And, and we'll have and how to is... continue in the new way, which is, you know, the kingdom of God, where we all believe in Jesus as our Savior. Um, that includes the Jew and the Muslim at that time. I have my ways. And uh, then uh, that with that momentum, we're going to build, a, we're going to establish the kingdom of God and take over half the world, half the infrastructure. And those that join us, we're not going to be a democracy. It's a theocracy. All right. We have kings and, and you know, priests. Priests will be in charge primarily. So how do you plan on, I mean, just physically, you know, taking half the world, where are you planning on, on putting this in, and, and how are you planning on, uh, you know, like what, what will be the designation and the borders of this kingdom? 
Like I said, uh, I'll take the equator. I'll go north and you go south if you don't believe or the other way around. So you're basically just going to use the equator as a separation point and... And start. We might do it the other way, though. That's why I say we're like, you know, one person, will, one kingdom will take the, you know, Europe and, and China and Russia. I might take that. And then you guys can, if you don't believe, you can have America and South America, Canada. Will there be a wall built? Well, yeah, will there actually be a way to separate the non-believers from the true believers? Will, will, will there be a physical border or is it, you know, just implied in your belief that you will stay in... in in your particular area, I'm not going to build a big old wall. You can't do that. It'll just be a, it'll just be accepted fact that you're not supposed to uh, come to our side if you don't believe in God the way we do. Do you feel like the, you know, you're saying you know you'll take half the world, but in terms of population, um, I've, I've got to think that you probably feel the numbers will be more in your favor of people who would be believers in God. Uh, you, you've got to think that that would be the predominant theory on on Earth, and and you know you might end up becoming a little bit top heavy there. I might. What was the last part of the sentence? I might get a little what? A little top heavy. You know, like I'm just saying, like everybody might be coming to your. You know, the, uh, the world of belief. And so finally all the non-believers are living at like the North Pole or the South Pole, okay? And it, will there be, you know, for for those who don't believe, will there, will there be any kind of tribulation? Will there be, uh, you know, this, these trials that we will have to go through as non-believers to... It's going to be a, a pretty big one coming. See, uh... Part of this take not, not only is going to upset the atheists and those who believe other religions, those Christians that just don't want, don't believe I'm Jesus and don't want to do what I'm saying, right? Mm -hmm. um, they're going to kind of revolt, and they might make it kind of difficult for those that wish to do the right thing. So uh, then you have the the Muslims. You know, I have to convert the Muslims and the Jews into believing that I'm Jesus also. I mean, we all believe in the same God. Well, yeah, because they don't even, you know, Jesus doesn't matter to them. Right, but we do believe in the same God. What about the Hindus and the Buddhists? No, I'm not into Hindus and Buddhists. They're, they don't have a chance in all this. They don't have a chance? No, they, unless they completely convert to a different God, they don't believe in the same God, and they don't believe in the heaven. But, so where so, should they be going? Okay. But as Jesus, you're going to forsake a, a portion of the, of the population. Oh, I, I, I believe a bunch of them are going to freak out, and become Christians, Catholic Christians. All right. So we going back to the Crusades? Um, yeah, there might be a little bit of that action going on. I proclaim that it's the Protestant Church that is the Antichrist. Because if you read the Bible really good, it's really what it looks like. I mean, it says a third of the stars are, are swept from the sky by Satan, and a third of the church right now is protesting the true church. So that's a third of the stars. you got Martin Luther is taking books out of the Bible, and that's what you're following. Protestants, everything you're against is mass, Mary, priests, uh, everything. The only thing you got left is to protest Jesus, and when you don't see yourself floating in the sky, you're going to say, you ain't Jesus. All right? So, and if you look at the rapture theory, that's all made up just a couple hundred years ago.
It's not what the church taught for 2,000 years. Maybe they know better than the, than the Protestants, right? So how do you feel about the Council of Nicaea? Um, somebody had to do it. You had to do it at one time, right? If you're going to try to build the kingdom of God and you think it's the Catholic way, all right, you're going to establish some rules and sit out and say, here's what we're all going to believe and follow and here's codify the Bible. I'd be doing the same thing, wouldn't you? Well, what about, um, basically, you have the Hippocrypha. What, what is your thoughts on the Hippocrypha? Okay, so the Bible is 73 books. So the Protestants have a 66-book Bible. Wow, kind of makes it look like the, the 666 they're trying to match it with, right? Actually, Martin Luther wanted to take a few books out of the New Testament also, but they checked them on it, wouldn't let them. It takes a lot of balls, and you know, probably working for the wrong guy trying to take books out of the Bible. If I did that, what would you call me, right? So, well, the, whole Antichrist, the whole Antichrist movement is actually, it, it's all referring to the uh, Protestant movement, the protesters and the anti-ones, the ones that are against the true body of Christ. You're trying to establish a different But Christ. that would essentially be everyone except for Catholics. Right? No, it, it, it has to do with converting them and, and being very strong with them and telling, and just, I'm Jesus, and if they believe it, tell them, look, you're going to do what I say, and I'm telling you, you're wrong thinking. So, so in, in Catholicism, God is all forgiving, and, you know, you're washed of your sins, and as long as you go to confession, then you're able to enter the kingdom of God. So, wouldn't the second coming of Christ be an eye opener for everybody? Just, you know, similar. You know, to what happened in Fatima and different things like that. Medjugorje. Yeah, it'll be so overwhelmingly powerful that they have no choice but to believe. So I, I can't foresee anybody really going against it if it's that eye-opening. So why leave out all these people or forsake them or, you know, shove them to Canada or America? Wouldn't well, they all just be that impressed? It's a whole big area. So, again, what I have to do is I have to look at the big picture. I got the Jews, Christians, and Muslims. I got the schism between the Catholic Church, the Orthodox Church, and the Protestant Church. I've got uh, all these other religions out there. I got to draw a line somewhere. So we're going to say it's the people that believe in the God of Abraham. Okay, Jew, Christian, Muslim. Okay, now. Jesus was Jewish. That's where I was going to go. So if Jesus was Jewish, where does the Catholicism part fit in? Well,. Catholicism, if you read the Bible uh, and the, the message of Jesus and, and the New Testament, you're going to see very clearly his main message, other than that we're the begotten, well, we're the children of God, um, was that he had a, a full message for the full world. Right? Mm -hmm. So the, the complete truth for the complete world. The word Catholic means universal, so that's what they're trying to say. Now, in history, it came out that somehow it actually took on that word as what they were saying instead of the word Christian, but they didn't stop becoming, you know, being the true Christians, first Christians, first Pope, first ones with the authority to spread the message of Christ, which is that we're God's children. And, by the way, our resurrection is when we learn that we're all the begotten children of God. And we become, we become just like Jesus. 
So uh, that's my train of thought again. So but, but let me keep going real quick because I don't know how much time we have. But then you have the Muslims. So we had to do something there. If you read their 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 Quran real close, you'll see there's a, a few differences than what uh, Christians and you know Catholics believe. They say that there is no Trinity. They say that God has no children. They say that uh, Jesus is not divine, not, not the Son of God. God has no children. Um, so I took it upon my duty, so I changed the Quran. It now says that he does well his children, well begotten. And uh, that'll get their attention. It'll also resurrect the entire world because that's what the resurrection is. It's our begottenness, our resurrection. We, our spirits are being uplifted back to what they're supposed to be. So where are we going to put all of these extra people? Because we already have a severe uh, population problem as it is. Um, Not to mention how are we going to feed them? And what do you mean? Where are we going to put all the You think we have that many followers? No, if you're saying you're going to resurrect everybody, that that's a lot of people that have died between no, no, now and then. There's no physical resurrection. Oh, okay. To see, i got to correct some do- doctrines of the church. They're not all correct, all right? So, but what I won't argue that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a spiritual resurrection of our spirit. Okay, usually when you use the term resurrection, it's bringing physical, the... Yeah. Right. Just like Jesus well, sorry, resurrected for, from sorry the dead. Sorry for the confusion. I, I do. Um, and, and Richard, I, should I refer to you as Richard or should I refer to you as Jesus? I'm not exactly. Just fine. You're doing good. Okay. All right. Oh. And why not just use his uh, original name, Yeshua? Mm. Because I will spit into the microphone when yeah, it's when so I, I'll, I'll, yeah. and I don't want to. I don't want to offend anybody. When you when you get raised Catholic, you take a. a, a, a a, you take a name out of the Bible, a confirmation name. I chose the name David. That's when I was 12 years old. There must be a reason for that. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, we've, I think we have a caller on the line for you, and uh, we will take calls at 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 for those who want to call toll-free. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll take this question for you. Whoa, Hello. Uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with our guest, uh, Richard Brown, a.k.a. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, hey, I've got a question. A little off topic, but it's uh, actually for Stephanie. Okay, then. Hey, um, I was just, uh, I had watched uh, Monsters and Mysteries last night on uh, Destination America, and there's an episode where the FBI used a psychic medium to solve a murder. I was just curious, have you ever worked with law enforcement or anything like that? Um, I am married to law enforcement, so I work with them all the time. But um, officially, for a murder or something like that, no. But I have been consulted by different um, friends in, in the law enforcement field on different questions and things like that. We've actually had law enforcement come to us years right. before we even knew you and ask us to try to find somebody to help with cases. So, right. I mean, it does happen. It absolutely does happen. I know um, a few colleagues of mine have definitely done stuff like that, and I'd love to get into it more so um, on any level. So I find it fascinating, especially when... Sounds like a good topic for a future yeah, show. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, we'll we'll yeah, definitely yeah, uh, sure. just down the line. No. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I doubt. Um, the uh, I was wondering. You have, you know, you've probably got a network of mediums and people that you know you can soul with and stuff like that. Um, I'm actually a detective here in Kansas working on an unsolved murder. Are you? And so that's kind of 
yeah, so that's kind of what I was uh, calling to see if you know if if you've ever done anything like that, or if you know anybody in the uh, Kansas Colorado area that does. I um I don't know if I know anybody in the Kansas area, but I do know a few people that travel to that um that that part of the country. So if you want, you can email me at work at bark at yahoo dot com, and we can talk more about it. Yes, I will definitely do that then. Awesome! Right. I look forward to it. Thank you so much for the call. Very good. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank and- you. And Richard, I mean, just uh, just throwing it out there, uh, you know, what's what's Jesus's perspective on those who are uh, given the gift of of psychic and mediumship abilities? Um, if it's true, you know that it's true, and you use it very wisely. We're just trying to hustle them to a completely different set of rules, I guess. Right. Stephanie is not a hustler because nope. she actually fights when we try to tell her, like, you should probably get paid for that, and she's like, no, no, no I don't really want to. So, yeah, she's definitely not in the uh, hustler category. No, definitely More not. More like swank. Oh, <laughs> see? Moniz knew exactly where I went with that. Sorry. Sorry, I did not mean to make a pornography joke with Jesus on the line. I, I apologize for that. I didn't even catch it. See how naive I am? Well, one of the things that um, that, that my uh, co-host Matt Costa found online is, um, you know, there You've issued a challenge, uh, a monetary challenge, to anybody who can actually prove that you're not Jesus. Yeah, I've actually raised a monetary challenge. I will offer $30,000 to the first person that can prove I'm not Jesus Christ. Gets me to stop, give up, and say, oh, my God, I'm wrong. All right? I'll get 30000 to the first person. And what will it take to prove that you are not Jesus? Because I think other people would say, you know, what's it going to take for you to prove that you are? Yeah. I don't think there's anything. I mean, after 20 years, I've heard every objection. Right? Pretty good at handling them by now. So I don't think there's anything. It's going to take something really unique out of somebody's mouth to change my mind. Or it's going to take the actual voice of God. So I get off for 30000 And it's almost like... There's like a link between 30 pieces of silver for Jesus, you know, turning in Jesus kind of thing. So I could retwist on all that. So um, if you're donating your money that you make to the church, uh, where where is this $30,000 coming from? Uh, we can do both. Why not? Okay, so you're just kind of just holding it back from, from some of that for, for the purposes of helping spread the word. Do you, you get donations from, from other people? Actually, um, I don't mind them. I've never had one, so I don't know what I'd do with it anyway right now. I'm trying to do this just on personality. Okay. Uh, and one one of the questions that I would have with, you know, the whole uh, trying to prove and disprove thing, and again, I apologize because I am not raised religious. I don't have a, a strong background in religion, but is it is it wrong to expect that if you are – Jesus, that you would be able to perform some kind of a miracle to show that you are, in fact, the Messiah. All right. So when I read the Bible, I don't read it the same as uh, probably 90% of the people. I read it as a book of allegories, symbols. Mm -hmm. So when I read a story about, like, for example, two blind men, um, it's not talking about two individual guys that can't see. It's talking about the Jews and the Gentiles. All right, and that builds the kingdom of God. The whole Bible is about building the kingdom of God. You know, two individuals doesn't, you know, build no kingdom. All right, so the more supernatural it sounds, the more chance that there's another message in that scripture there that's supposed to be pulled out of it. So we've been re- people have been reading completely wrong. Jesus didn't walk on water, saying that the, the spirit is such a solid foundation. It can uphold you and have you walking in holiness. 
Mm. All right. You have enough faith to believe it. It's just as the spirit is just as real as the the, the nature. All right. But they use the nature to explain the spirit because you can't see the spirit. Is it possible that this? Because you know we're here in in Fairhaven, Massachusetts, and there's a gentleman uh, who goes by the name of Mel. Uh, we call him Fairhaven Jesus. He dresses as Jesus, crown of thorns, robe, staff, everything. And he spends all of the warm months up here walking around uh, as as Jesus and, and meeting people and interacting with them as Jesus. And then in the wintertime, he goes down to Florida and he does the same thing. And and this is kind of how he lives his life. And, you know, we've had him in the state in the station here on other shows, interviewing him in the past. Is it possible that the same spirit of Jesus has actually been placed in other people uh, in order to help spread this message and in order in order to help bring Jesus back to earth? Okay, I'm not sure about the, the that guy uh, having a part in it. Right, he yes. he says God came and talked to him when he was in jail. So, well, you know, maybe he'll come and join me. Right? I don't know this whole story based on what he told me. Did he actually think he's Jesus? Well, if he can sit down and show he's had a stigmata, he was 33 and a half years old. Jerusalem, El Paso, Waco, spelled Jew. There's a cross that you know connect the dots between. Waco, Oklahoma City, and San Diego, and Garland. And so Richard, Richardson is right there also, Richard, son of God, all right? But uh, I told you they didn't know I was coming. But that's a conspiracy somewhere up in there. They were trying to do something, all right? You know, it's like those guys that uh, blew up the mailboxes and uh, made a big happy face, all right? They were trying to do the same thing. They were trying to build a cross, have this guy sit on them. But it really is a cross of death. Right, they just didn't know I was coming. Well, and also, you know, people will say that uh, that there is, you know, if there's the yin of Jesus, there's the yang of the Antichrist. And I know that you had mentioned earlier that you feel like the Protestant Church, as an institution, is representative of the Antichrist. What about all these thoughts that are out there, these theories that are out there right now, that Donald Trump is actually the Antichrist? No, not true. Well, what are your thoughts on Trump as, as Jesus? I, I, well, Trump is okay with me so far. You know, he's a man's man, all right? I'm sure glad he won over Hillary. Well, this guy Beyond that, though, I'm a theocrat. I believe in a theocratic party. I think that's the first thing Moniz has agreed with you on all night. <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, there's there's been a lot of questions that have been coming in uh, via the chat room and via our social media. You know, I put the question out there of what would people want to ask Jesus if they had the chance. And you actually have the opportunity. We have about 20 minutes left on the show. If you would like to call in, 508-996-0500, are the numbers. You can also uh, reach out to us via Twitter by using the hashtag SpookyLive, or you can also uh, go into our chat room on SpookySouthCoast.com and on our YouTube channel and also on both our Android and iPhone apps as well if you want to try and do it that way as well. Uh, but as I mentioned, you know, I put it out there earlier for people to be able to ask questions, and you know, naturally some people have some that are going to be you know, facetious and some people are going to kind of be joking around, but some people had some legitimate questions and and one of the questions that came up was you know what do you as jesus feel about the the state of affairs in this country right now of the way that people are interacting with each other with things like black lives matter with things like you know people uh 
feeling a fundamental distrust amongst the police. Uh, there's a lot of strife going on in this country, especially from a racial perspective. How does Jesus look at all that and what it means for us in the future? All right. Good question. Um, I'll point out the wrongs in your society, but you got to understand we're separatists. So we're just as happy if your society goes down after we pull out all the Christian influence out of it. All right? And if you think it's bad now, it's going to be a lot worse when it all gets condensed together. People believe in whatever they want, grabbing greedy for money wherever, believe what you ever want in whatever religion, no matter how sick it is. That's all going to be concentrated. You'll be self-devouring after a while. So So all of the things that we are doing now are, you know, the way that we interact with each other, the way that we, you know, what we've been doing to this world, none of it really matters in the end. Uh, because there's there's this bigger picture that's going to happen. So what about all these people that do all these things and claim to do it in your name? What about all these people who are working in the name of Jesus Christ with their you know their radicalism? Okay, so you got uh, you got the, the those might be a couple of groups you're talking about. The ones that think they're Jesus. In fact, in the year 2000, there was uh, over 700 guys or girls or whatever guys basically in the U.S. that thought they were Jesus. Because it was the year 2000, right? Everybody thought he might show up. That, that's just in the U.S., 700. So we can't all be right. Right. One of us could be wrong, but we can't all be right. So, um, I, you know, if one guy can match up to what I've said so far, age, stigmata, spelling the word Jew, the cross, wrote the seven seal, opened up the, you know, the New Testament, Going to bring Jew, Christian, and Muslim together as one. Going to build God's kingdom. You know, if you can match that story, you know, and float in the sky and, you know, lightning bolts coming out of your fingertips, I'll say, yeah, I guess I was wrong, dude. Well, what about good old David Icke? David Icke? I'm not familiar with David Icke. Well, he What's claimed it? to be Christ back in the 80s. Yeah, he claimed he was the son of God. Uh, and, and David Koresh said the same yeah. thing. I mean, a lot. I mean, basically, uh, Richard, we need you to kind of explain why. You know, because to somebody who doesn't believe that you are who you are, you, you, you sound no different than a David Koresh, than a Marv Apple. You know, you sound like somebody who is uh, imbued with this belief that they are Jesus and this, this fundamentally strong belief. And you want the followers, and you want people to follow you along, but to some, it it could have the same ramifications of it. It just sounds like a cult. Um, okay, so Jim it might, as, as far as cult, it's not so much the same cult. Second, David Koresh is kind of involved in all this, if you look at it, right? Right, you had mentioned that earlier, yeah, with the Branch Davidians. Capitalizing off of what he did, so he's, he actually is involved. Well, we do. And, uh, I'm sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to cut you off. I was going to say the the phone lines are lighting up, um, uh, and I do want to try to get to some of these calls because we only have about 15 minutes left in the show. Uh, right. So let's do that. And again, the number is five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. If you would like to call in, uh, good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast with our guest Richard Brown uh, slash Jesus Christ. Uh, yes, I have a question. I've not uh, I've noted in the channel. Um, there are a lot of ministers out there who are very worried about the end times and so on, and they take a look at all the things that are going on, 
and they claim that, for example, space aliens are actually demons in disguise, or they say that Bigfoot is actually a demonic presence or something like that. And I wanted to get uh, Richard's um, explanation and his viewpoint on what all these things are as far as that goes. Okay, so you're asking me about the other, like, the more New Age kind of stuff out there. All right, so um, let's make... Yeah. It's, right. uh, it's uh, one of those things of uh, want to make sure that... Um, well, what, what's your opinion on this? All right, so there's a lot of area. Um, do I believe that there's people or whatever from other planets maybe out there, the trillion, ten trillion universes that we have out there? Each with 10,000, 10 trillion stars. It's crazy numbers out there, right? So there's got to be more things out there. So all I know about, I don't know what they look like, but all I know is they either believe in God or they don't. Can Can you ask God? I mean, I know he spoke to you before. Can you have conversation with him? Um, it doesn't quite work that way. Okay. I, when I get revelations from him, it's more on the angle where I know what he's doing through me at that time. I can see it's him because it's not thoughts or actions that are coming from myself, right? It's all in the, the, the furtherance of his kingdom. Right? So, so, what do, so what do you feel about some of these other more unusual events and mysteries, like we talk about Bigfoot and so on? Do you think that those are super? Some people think that Bigfoot is a supernatural creature of some sort. How do you feel about that? I'm sorry, sir. Never seen a Bigfoot, so I can't comment. I, you know what? Come on. You would think that you, they would have seen one of those ones, one of them by now, and got him, caught his ass and put him in a cage or something. All right. Wait, wait. Let's see. That's here's where I'm starting to get a little bit of an issue because I would think that first of all, uh, you know, well, I, I would think Jesus would know, uh, but also at the same time, you know, you're kind of mocking people's belief in that but at the same time you're asking them to go on this journey with you uh and i i find that there's been a lot more proof at least in my research and the possibility and the existence of a bigfoot than in the fact that you could actually be jesus christ dude i'm not i'm convinced there may like i i don't even believe in uh for example like the physical miracles like you know people growing arms when they got no arm stuff right um, I don't believe in physical miracles, uh, you know. In the Bible, when it says Jesus walked on water, again, it's talking about the Spirit. So I'll be the first to admit I'm wrong if I see somebody actually do a miracle, all right? All right. Well, uh, we will uh, definitely let you know if we suspect anybody of doing one. Uh, thank you very much for the call, caller. Thank you. Have a good night. We will go to our next call, 508 996 Eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. Good evening. You are next. Uh, I apologize for the phone issues. It's just because we're not over the radio and we're trying to feed everything through. But uh, you are next on on the line with Richard Brown, aka Jesus Christ. Hello. Hi. You're on the air. You have a question for Richard. Hi. Hi. You're you're on the air. Can you? Awesome. If you have a question, awesome. go ahead and ask it. Yes, I do. Um. I'm I'm curious. Um, what are your Richard? What are your your feelings on evolution and the Big Bang? Uh, especially considering that the the Pope has actually recently come out. You know, the Catholic Church has recently come out to 
announced that those are real and that we should be following those those theories. Right. So I believe that there is a we did evolve. It, it has to be right. So we did evolve. So I believe that God used evolution has his form of creation. Absolutely. You know, he's the one that designed that DNA that could do all these tricks and turn into all of us, right? And everything else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can say yes to both. One doesn't know, you know, harder questions are, if you look at the Bible, it says six days of creation, and it only happened 6,000 years ago. What does that all mean? All right. So, there's been 6,000 years of biblical history. We're about to enter the seventh day. A thousand years is like a day. And the six days of creation is what that is referring to. You look at it that way, then it can still, you know, you can still believe in all that together. Hmm. Okay. Does that answer your question, caller? Yes. Yes, it does. I, I could I could go further with this if you want. Well, I mean, if you have a follow-up, sure. Sure, yeah. Uh, so uh, let's take this a step further, further if you don't mind, Richard. Um, so uh, if you... If you would agree and follow with, you know, evolution and the Big Bang, and that, you know, God acted more as a spark for these these things and you know, setting everything in motion, would you also follow along with the beliefs of, you know, string theory and M theory, talking about uh, things like infinite worlds, you know, universes occurring on top of each other, thus being the answers towards uh, realms of heaven and realms of hell? What are your thoughts on these kinds of subjects? Well, you know, it's something to think about, right? So, if you, you have parallel worlds, you know, who knows? It might be just one bubble and a bunch of a bunch of marbles in the jar, okay? <laughs> so, we don't know. Um, but we know that, that there has to be a, a creator, a father to us all that started this whole thing. We're part of it. We have a very important part to it. Spread his message. I mean, if everything, everything is as big as it's supposed to be out there, um, it's our part to spread it in this part of the universes. You know, once we get it all on the same page, we can spread it to the other planets. All right. Well, thank you very much for the call. Yeah, thank you. Have a great night. And I, I think Jesus just endorsed uh, quantum physics. Well, what I find okay. interesting is um, you, you just talked about taking it off to other worlds now in the bible and in new testament as well as in all of the other uh books uh, in when christ resurrected he walked the earth for a short amount of time talking to uh doubting thomas and this and that but at the end he ascended his physical body ascended up into the air so how do you reconcile the fact that if you are Christ, that you came back in a human body because you left intact in a human corporeal form and witnessed by numerous people. How do you right. reconcile that? You're, you're saying a lot in what you just said. It's not going to come out in a short answer probably to satisfy you. But, again, I read the Bible as a book of allegory. There's a lot of other things that ways I might read it different than most people is. I believe most of the stories of talking about after Jesus got crucified has a lot of application to the second coming and the building of the kingdom. The whole story is in that part there. It's not just a, 
this is what Jesus literally did. This is so it's to be read symbolically, spiritually. It's a spiritual book. So if it, if it says Jesus flowed into the air, well, that's you can't get any more physical than that. So you better read it spiritually because it don't make no sense if you read it the other way. Well, it was also written as a historical form. Now, we know historically Jesus did live as a man. Uh, there are Roman records that that yes. we know exist. And uh, all of the books, uh, actually the uh, original books that talk about Christ in person were written by a group called the Gnostics. And the Gnostics were one of the people that wrote about, if I'm not mistaken, the ascension of Christ, his physical body, into into the air. And that was supposedly witnessed by a number of other people, um, uh, the stories being passed along. Uh, Josephus, I think, was one of the historians uh, that also wrote about it and stuff like that. I'm just saying that all of the other people that were... Uh, Masters that also rose, as a matter of fact, um, Muhammad rose up into heaven from the Dome of the Rock, which is right near where you were crucified, basically a stone's throw away, if you right. to follow, as well as Buddha and a number of other deities and uh, ascended masters. I was just wondering how you would recognize that. I also believe I'm going to float in the sky, too. I mean, it means that my spirit's going to heaven. It doesn't mean I'm going anywhere physically. I'm going to be dead. I think uh, the part I'm having a little bit of confusion on, and I'm sure people in our, that are listening might um, feel the same way, so maybe you can clarify for us. So what we know from the Bible, like Moniz had just described, is you know how Jesus' death took place. If you are Jesus, wouldn't you have a recollection of any of those memories or your past life? Um, you know, different things that have happened to you have kind of like a firsthand experience on what those miracles were rather than just referring to something that was um, man-made, man-written in the Bible that wasn't a first account from Jesus himself but from other people that were there. Right. So all I can do is go by reality of what happened to me. Okay, I think I'm the vessel of Jesus Christ. The Spirit is returning in me. And no, I don't remember being hung on a cross, all right? Okay. But I know that when I read the Bible, I get a message that no man has ever taken out of the Bible that's meant for mankind. Now, all I had to do is spend 10 years to write it down. It'll change the world forever. And we're going to... Oh, another thing we did, I don't even know we mentioned it today. Uh, so I made some changes to the Quran. So now that it matches the Christian understanding of God, it now says, uh, Abba begots all children. We're all true believers. And, uh, it now says there is a Trinity and Jesus was crucified for our sins. So now it says the same, it's Christian compatible. That should, uh, get their attention. And that should put me on the front page of every newspaper of the world. And once I have everyone's attention, then they can uh, hopefully go to I Am Jesus Movie on YouTube or Richard Is Jesus on Twitter and look me up and follow what I'm saying and you'll see that, that it's going to freak a lot of people out and hopefully we'll have everyone's attention once the uh, Muslims learn I changed the holy book a little bit. I think... Um... I think it's sounding a little bit more self-serving rather than humble. 
Um, not if you listen to my words. It's not in any way, shape, or form, all right? Okay. So when you, you know, 45 minutes is about 100 hours worth of stuff on YouTube. Yeah, I'm not doing this for self-pride, I can tell you that. I'm willing to die over this, okay? Probably will. Who knows? I'm going to freak some people out. Have you uh, ever considered doing something like a past life regression session to see if um, you could, you know, uncover some of those memories of you as Jesus? No, I don't. I never met anybody could do that. No, so. Um, There are plenty of people out there, even, you know, hypnotists and different things like that. From the scientific point of view, you could sit with someone and be hypnotized and see if you can uh, recover some of those, those memories. They're more than welcome to come visit me. I live in the Bronx in New York City, all right? Well, I, you'd have to reach out to them, obviously. I don't think they um, they they might not be listening to the show. But uh, just out of curiosity, it's something that you could write about in your books or do a YouTube session on. Yeah, I don't see the, I don't see if, see how they're going to see anything from the past. There might be things coming in the future, though. Well, it would be your own repressed, repressed memories of being Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll give it a shot. I think I've you should. Got, I've got it's friends like, in New York that can do it. Well, we have lots of friends that that do that um, regularly. But just to give your story a little bit, you know, more background or substance, because um, so far, you know, some of the questions that I've asked haven't really gotten a straight answer. So um, maybe to help you prove it to people. It's hard to answer on the fly. That's why I wrote a book, all right? So you can read it in context and, you know, reflect on what I'm saying. So if people do uh, want to see this uh, YouTube video that you're discussing, the, the I Am Jesus movie, uh, we did just tweet it out, and we put a link to it in the chat room as well. Uh, so it's both there for you to be able to check out. Uh, I do, I do uh, encourage people to kind of do that and, and go beyond the conversation, as I do with every guest. You know, Whatever we discuss on the air, we only have a limited amount of time to get into it. And, of course, always there's, there's more to be find, found out uh, against uh, – more to be found out after the show is what I'm trying to say, uh, and more to be researched and, and looked into. But uh, I guess final question, Richard, for you is, you know, w- you've talked a little bit about what it is that your your plan is and, and, and how you foresee the future, uh, but what is the, you know, what's the biggest thing that we can expect to happen next? What's, what's going to be the big event that's going to get the world rolling into this, uh, and do you have any idea of when it will happen? All right, so it's it's been like in, on the the brink for a long time. So once the Muslims realize I changed their holy book, it's, uh, a few of them start throwing some rocks. We get on the front page of every newspaper in the world. The whole world has no choice but to go and listen to what I said because they got to make a decision on whether they're going to follow me or not, and because uh, they're going to have no choice, so they're taking half the world. And I just convinced the Jew, the Christian, and the Muslim that we're God's children, and we just became one. Um, it's already in place. Although, and I got the business concepts all worked out. I'm going to do, you know, taxing, you know, logistics, everything. So, all we got to do is have one domino fall, and they're all going to fall because they're in a circle now. It seems odd that what you're talking about, though, is is also tied into business. It has to be. I mean, how are we going to pay for houses and food and stuff? Wait a minute. Didn't you flip over money changers at your father's house? So I also own a, I do loans for businesses, right? I can do it righteously, and I can do it so that every dime we make goes to the church. What's your interest rate? 
Well, you know, that's a minor. We'll be a little bit higher on our CDs and everything. They're going right just when you want to put your money there all right, in our bank. But we're, we're called a Worldwide Bankers Group, Top Dollar Lender, as you know, at Top Dollar Lender on, on Twitter. You know, I, you know, I don't mind if every Christian in the world that believes me puts all their money in the same bank. I tell them to because I have. Shouldn't to shouldn't the return of Jesus be like a you know? Look at Star Trek, okay? In the world of Star Trek, when they made first contact with the Vulcan race, that led mankind to realize, you know, holy crap, we're not alone in this world. There are greater things, more important things than all the stuff that we talk about on Earth. And eventually, you know, money was one of the things that was banished. And money didn't matter anymore. So I would pretty much, you know, think that if everybody accepts that you are the return Jesus, you're right. I'm going to banish money completely, dude. Do not worship any other gods but me. That's why we're going to demand everybody put their the same bank. Yeah. So if I demand everybody that follows puts their money in the same bank, that's pretty much going to bankrupt the world's economy. And and did you mention earlier in the show that you uh, that there is a GoFundMe to to support your campaign? Uh, no, sir, not not one on that. I have a uh, set of cards on there called uh, See It 3D cards. They're like, uh, you look at these cards, they have like the uh, that effect where if you pull it away from your eyes real slowly, you see like a little image come out of them. Mm-hmm. But they're called See It 3D cards, you know. Okay, so it's, you're, it's for, for a product that you're actually... Selling. Right. So yeah. So it's not, for, but it's not for the promotion of 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 your work as Jesus. It's just you know a business basically. But yeah, but see, when I become Jesus and I sell a million of those at twenty dollars a pack, it's twenty million, and it, name of it is See It Three D. Did you see it? Did you see what I just did? Just became I, Jesus. I, I did. Yes. Uh, <laughs> don't don't resort to cheap parlor tricks, Jesus. You got to do a little bit more than that. Uh, do all right <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh certainly everybody go and, and check out uh, richard's work to find out more and uh richard we thank you for joining us and uh I, w- I wish you a happy early birthday thank you all appreciate it merry christmas y'all to you as well take care <laughs> that is richard brown uh he is the man who claims to be the resurrected jesus and although it is technically midnight and the show is over i totally think I, we should not we, cut off right now we need a little bit of a um i, I think we need an after talk yeah we need <laughs> we need a post-game wrap-up here mm, of, I like that. Uh, of what we just went through and uh the questions were rolling fast and furious that in the chat room and we tried to get as much of them going as we could now listen i i know that there's going to be some question from people who are listening to this interview and saying, mm. you know, you didn't really attack him. And I, we've talked about this before on the show, the way, the style that we have of interviewing people, and at least especially my style, uh, because I work I- as a journalist, okay? And I work a lot in sports. And if I go after people with questions that they don't want to answer, the interview is over pretty quickly. Oh, and yeah. I don't get the information that I need. Not only that, if you come out on one side so strongly... You're not going to get the interview, period. You need to kind of be neutral in it and yes. let them tell their I, side. And then, you know, just the same thing as, like, posting on social media or whatever. Don't talk about politics, religion, et cetera. Because once you give that away, you have people that turn against you, come towards you. It just doesn't work. So I completely agree with your stance of not having a side or not attacking. And I don't I don't have a belief one way or another if Richard Brown is Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't have that right. answer. Um, I do. I have a strong gut feeling one way or the other. Of course I do. But, uh, you know, it's not my job to say whether that's true or not. And so I, I think that our job in being the host of this program is to foster the discussion, to have somebody come on, share their viewpoints, let the listener take it 
and do with it what they will. Now, it might lead to them just kind of throwing it away and saying, forget that message. It might lead to them looking into something more. And I'm not talking just about tonight's topic, but just anything we cover in general. Uh, but at the very least, all we want is for somebody to listen to the show and say, you know, that was a pretty entertaining two hours. Because in the end, that's all we can really do. We're not, we're not going to solve all of the no. issues of what we talk about here on the show in two-hour chunks. But we can keep the discussion going and we can at least entertain you enough to uh, you know, feel like you didn't waste your time looking into these topics. And so that's why, you know, it, it's easy to say to somebody and have them come on and say, well, Richard, you say that you're Jesus Christ. Why? And then when he explains it, say, well, that's not good enough for me. Click. Right. You know, I, I always use this example, but there's there's a sports radio show in Boston. Mm-hmm. It's the number one rated radio show in all of Boston. And they had on as their guest Rick Patino the college basketball coach that was formerly the coach of the Boston Celtics, and he left the Boston Celtics a disaster uh, during his tenure there. Kind of came in, got the money, got the glory, and got out when it, he didn't get what he wanted. So they had him on the show, and they said, you know, basically this was the entire interview. Uh, we welcome in Rick Patino. Good morning, Rick. Uh, you know, how are you? Whatever. All right, well, you know, you ruined the Boston Celtics, so bye. And they hung up on him. Wow. And to me, that was the most unprofessional thing that I've ever heard on the radio because you brought this guy in. You had him on the line. You had the opportunity to ask him questions about why he did the things that he did to the Boston Celtics. But instead, you wanted to throw your weight around as hosts and be like, we can embarrass you and we're going to because people will laugh about it and they'll talk about us. And that's not what the point is of this show. We're not here to make you talk about us. you need to use that or something like that to get publicity for yourself it's just kind of a sad tactic right. the only reason we do the show is so that anna sends us awesome candy absolutely and- no thank you to her that was awesome i got to see her and she dropped off all the candy to me and i definitely flipped the chocolate upside down so now <laughs> if anybody's ever opened a chocolate box before you know that you need the map to figure out which ones are the gross ones and i totally screwed it up so it's going to be a mystery for you guys later i want to go back and listen to the show <laughs> uh-huh and I want, first of all, I want to go back and listen to it with whatever some of Richard was having. But I want to go back and listen to the show and kind of filter through some of those answers again. Uh, because there was, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, talking around the question. Oh, absolutely. I don't even know if I could listen to it a second time because I didn't understand it the first time because there was no direct answer to any direct question. But do you feel like, uh, again, I'm not a religious person, so I don't know if this right. would apply to me. Uh, if you are a believer in Jesus already, mm-hmm. wouldn't his message click with you instantly if he was indeed the resurrected Christ? For example, you know, Dustin Parry tweeted us I, during I the show yes. and said, you know, if he was Jesus, I would feel it in my soul. Absolutely. And I feel like that would probably be the case. I have to say, I mean, yes, I'm the medium. I get it. But um, born and raised Catholic, um, I mean, fascinated by religion so much that I considered studying theology in college. And I like to know things. I like to know backgrounds of things, how things work, whatever. Um, but, you know, going on gut feelings or going on, like, intuition, different things like that, you know when you meet a person for the first time whether you're going to like them or not, right? You have that feeling, you know, in your gut. You get into a room, you're kind of like, oh, that guy's a jerk, or oh, wow, I really want to become friends with that person. It's an immediate attraction or a reflection of somebody. Not, not 100% of the time, but most of the time. Most of the time, yeah. absolutely. Especially if you're, you know, other things can distract you from it. But, you know, the more that you practice something like that, somebody like me, it's it's immediate. So if you have that simple feeling 
about just a regular everyday person. Everybody kind of idolizes Jesus as this, you know, I don't want to say magical, but for lack of a better word, something of that, that sort. Um, you know, we read about, or have heard about, if you're not a religious person, water into wine, yeah, water into wine, um, you know, curing blindness, you know, different things like that. Leprosy, yeah. Right, absolutely. You know, having raising these abilities. The dead. Well, yeah, raising the dead, but not only that, like just simple things. And he was always out to do good for others, and, you know, constantly putting himself first in order to help others. So I think that someone would recognize that immediately if, you know, somebody's that humble to put themselves before others to help others and to kind of do things like that in order to, you know, feed the hungry or cure the blind. Um, and, you know, the, the comment of no miracles. How many times have we had, you know, being in the paranormal field, had some really weird things happen where, you know, somebody's in a horrific car accident and they don't have a, a scratch on them, but, mm-hmm. you know, and the police are standing there saying you should be dead right now. You know, you don't consider that a miracle. There's been books that are written on miracles. Um, why do we have saints? You know, why are they, they canonized? Because they've been proven to have had really strange things happen that they can't explain otherwise scientifically. So if we recognize people like that for, you know, mother Teresa, for example, you know, she constantly put herself, put, um, others in front of herself and did all these great things. Um, and then we have a guy that comes on the show that just talks about buying his book and what he's going to do with the money and discussing things like that. It and doesn't taking strike half me. The world. Right. And then, you know, forsaking all of these non-believers, it, history has proven that when something happens, you know, miracle-wise or religious-wise, like I brought up Fatima and you brought up a different... Um, Michigori. Right. Um, all of these things that happen take people, you know, take them back and really make them, you know kind of fall to their knees like wow this is something absolutely it's it's shocking it's it's life-changing that interview to me was not life-changing i'm not here to prove otherwise but here's what bothers me about it again as i'm saying you know we we can't tell you for sure if richard brown is jesus or he isn't and i'm not trying to um i'm not trying to undermine everything that he just talked about on the show neither am i i'm just but i would suspect that if there was a resurrected jesus christ he would have far less touches of megalomania Mm -hmm. in his plans yes and to me you know he's he's coming on the air and he's talking about people like david koresh and 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 jim jones and and marv Applewhite and all these people who you know are essentially false messiahs and and are in this for the wrong reasons and i'm listening to him and i'm like I think that they sounded exactly the same when they were talking oh, yeah. to the room. You know, when Marv Applewhite was telling everybody to put on the Nikes and drink the purple Kool-Aid, right. I'm pretty sure that, you know, he was kind of having that same type of tone and, and approach to what he was saying. So I, I just feel like a real Jesus resurrected, and I'm, again, I, I shouldn't say this, but I would I, my feeling would be that when Jesus does speak to people, mm-hmm. it would be with a, a great amount of benevolence. It would be with a great amount of acceptance. Right. Compassion. Or you wouldn't be, you know, condemning Muslims to hell like he was talking about the entire conversation. God is all loving, all forgiving. That's in every religion. You know, it's you do no wrong. If you confess your sins, they, they're wiped away, especially with Catholicism, like he was talking about Christianity. And Jesus was a Jew. Yeah, I don't understand that whole part either. Well, I mean, you know, Jesus was a Jew to start, but I I think that he probably. And how do you feel about if, that, Tim? If Jesus was alive, like you know, if he if Jesus had lived to see the Catholic Church 
become what it was, mm. I'm pretty sure Jesus would have converted to Catholicism. Which is fine. You know what I mean? However. He started off as a Jew, but I think he would have kind of changed his mind and been like, I kind of believe in me, you know? Maybe. Believe, maybe. believe in myself. But, you know, just making those comments. Right, I know. Are it, the, not no, what was godly. funny is Jesus taught everybody to believe in themselves. And that's well, he, he certainly believed in himself, but the, you know, the, in talking about the good that his father was doing, right? And you know, bringing well, the, about I think they good had a fight. I think I think they had an argument. Think so? Yeah. Okay. When when he left him hanging on the cross, but the the other question that I have too is, you know, wouldn't the work of Jesus resurrected be not to claim half the world and send those who didn't believe in him to another half? Wouldn't the work of Jesus coming back to be Making the world for everybody? Uh, yeah, and that was my whole point that I brought up when I was and, talking with him. But and, fi- I'm talking physically. No, no, yes. Not and, even, not even just in, you know, not even just like awakening that spirit inside of them, but just having them live side by side with each other. His comments to me, and I mean this by no offense to anybody at all, because I come from a good place. I swear, were very Adolf Hitlerish. Yeah. In that 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 sense of, if you're not what I want. I'm going to get rid of you or send you off somewhere. But, but the difference is, for all of his, you know, for, I mean, let, let's face it, he was the most miserable son of a bitch that ever lived on the face of the earth. I mean, the, not enough bad things can happen in hell to Hitler, but right. he had charisma. Right, he, and people followed him. He had a way of convincing people yes. to, to, to believe in what he was talking about. And it, I kind of feel a little bit better that somebody like Richard doesn't have that. Oh, no, I know, you know but he's and, convinced he does. Yeah, see, that's... That's what I was getting from the conversation. I will say this. this. If he's Jesus, he needs a better PR, man. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I just feel like that was that was really um, kind of not coming from a very nice place or considered possibly racist. So the, you know, again, we, we invite you to make your own decision, and, and yes. some people may feel that uh, there's a possibility that he is Jesus, and uh, he does have a couple of books that he has put out, uh, if you want to check them out. Uh, the Eternal Testament is one of them, 77 Letters and the New Koran, so you can check those out if you want to kind of read more about him and find out more about him. You can follow him on Twitter, at Richard is Jesus, and uh, you can go to YouTube and see the I Am Jesus movie if you want to do that. Now, in, in some some ways, yes, this was... Stunt casting. You know, you get an email from a guy claiming claiming to be Jesus. You say, let's put him on the last show before Christmas, mm-hmm. and let's talk to him and have him tell our story. There was a lot of debate, a lot of internal debate amongst all yes. of us involved in the show and Chris Balzano, our content director, about whether or not we should even conduct this interview, whether or not we should. Because we get a lot of crazy emails. Oh, yes. And what do I always say when we get a crazy email? Let's book him. Book him. Why not? Well, sometimes. We've had to turn some away because they were just a little too bizarre. But no, I, I've I've never really turned anybody away because they're too bizarre. I might have turned them away because I felt like they didn't have enough right. to, to bring to right. the table. But no story is too outlandish. No. As long as you can convince me that there's enough to talk about to share that story. Uh, so, and that's the way that I felt about this. You know, uh, th- there was a guy a couple of years ago that we we tr- we were going to book onto the show, and then with the football and everything happening, we didn't end up having the show. But we booked a He's a, if I remember right, he is a minister, a pastor, mm-hmm. who goes on the radio as Jesus, wow. and he has the Jesus Christ show, where he goes on, pretends to be, well, p- 
portrays Jesus, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, and answers people's questions as he feels Jesus would. But everybody's in on it. They know when they call that he's not really Jesus. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's a perspective thing. That's what it's all about. And so, you know, we were going to book him on the show to kind of talk about that process and, and trying to interpret it, try and interpret Jesus. So when we got this email from Richard, I said, oh, we, we have to have this guy on because, and I found out that he's been on other paranormal shows mm-hmm. and that other paranormal hosts have hung up on him. And so right away to me, that's the challenge is how do I not have to hang up on him? How do I get into a discussion? I don't feel like we would have had to hang up on him I, like we talked about before. I thought Moniz walked out when he got up. Let's nah, adju- I think it would take more to make him walk let's out. Let's address that. You did get up and you left the room. And when you did so, I mean, not you know, you couldn't tell if you were listening on the radio or listening to the podcast, but if you're watching the video, early on in the conversation, you got up and you walked out. And I had to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I, know that, I know that now. <laughs> but my, my feeling was, my assumption was, is that, oh my, did Moniz just walk out of this interview? And I was like, well, that's weird because he's not a guy who's offended by people questioning religion. Right. Uh, if we're talking he, about science, maybe. He does get, well, I was saying he does mm-hmm. get offended when people won't accept facts. Right. And when you're trying to give them facts and, and, and you know, having them recognize facts and they're refusing to do so, i.e. Commander Sanicido <laughs> basically mm-hmm. trying to re, re, you know, reinvent her own version of mathematics to make her crazy theories fit into the world. But uh, so when you got up, that was my assumption that I was having. And I'm wondering how many people that are listening to the podcast are going to tune out tune out, and not want to listen to the right. rest of it and be like, oh, you know what? This guy's nuts. I'm out. Mm. And I'll just say this to the people who are still listening. You're doing yourself a disservice if you do that. And I'm not saying that as somebody who wants to see our listenership increase and, and see our, our downloads increase and see our listening numbers go up. Sure, all that's great. But I'm saying that because even in the, the craziest of answers, even in the most uh, non-answer of answers, you know, you're going to find something. And you're going to – so uh, that's just my advice to people. Just keep listening because something will come out. I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn or toot our collective horn, but we've made a lot of chicken salad out of chicken shit over the years. Mm-hmm. Like we found a way to take some things and bring it into a discussion. Now, it might not – be a discussion that we end up having with the guest, but it's a discussion that we're going to have later on down the line amongst ourselves, with the listeners, you know, with people who follow us on social media. And, and again, that, I just want to say that's what this show is about, to foster that discussion, to put an emphasis and a spotlight on these topics. Right, and we have the highest respect for our listeners, too, and we love to include them in everything. You know, not like other shows that I've, you know, been a part of or, you know, um, even seen where... We kind of just discredit, you know, everything um, that they either are asking, have to say, or don't even care about the following. We're trying to bring the best show that we possibly can to the people that are listening and have been listening for almost 11 years now. And, you know, that's always first and foremost in our conversations. Well, I, think- lo- I was going to say, luckily, we have a lot of really good listeners that ask a lot of good questions when they call in. They've been respectful, which is thankful. Yeah. We've been very thankful that they've been and I thank the callers tonight because yeah. you know you could you could yeah. tell the people were looking to challenge Richard and and that's fine. And I did mention in the chat room and for those who are listening, sometimes we do intentionally leave questions unasked, right? To try and get listeners to call in and share. See, right. that's the one thing that we've always said over the years, uh, and and uh, it's kind of timely to take a look at this, you know, approaching our 11th anniversary here, but. One of the things that we always say when we have meetings to discuss what do we want the future to be of the show, we want more 
calls. We want more interaction. We get the questions. We get the people in the chat room. We get people tweeting about it on Twitter and talking about it on Facebook. But we need you to call in and share it because that is where the discussion really matters to people still. I mean, I know the technology is great and all that. But, you know, voice-to-voice conversation and discussion is where it's at. And it will continue to be there. So we want to have you call in. So ne- never be afraid to call in. I get people who tell me, oh, I, you know, I always want to call in, but I'm afraid, afraid I'll sound stupid. Like, nobody sounds stupider on this show than I do. Yeah. And, no, believe me, I've put my foot in my mouth many times. And if I can do it and still come back each week, uh, I'm pretty sure that we can forgive you. And, and I, I can tell you, in all the years that we've been doing this show, I don't think we've ever had a stupid question. We've had some that are like, that's a little weird. That's out there. But never anything where we had to be like, you know, why would you even ask that? Because every question seems to have some sort of... I mean, we had somebody that used to call up and tell us stories about how she could see air. I haven't talked to her in a long time. I miss her. miss her, yeah. <laughs> Remember when she told us about the, the haunted turkey pan? Yep. That she found in her attic? Yep. you got to go oh, back and listen to the first year of Spooky South Coast. I don't even know if I was listening at that point because I can't remember how long I was listening before I actually came on the show. You got to go back and listen to year one, and you know when all of a sudden the nut jobs out there were like, "I have a show I can call into mm-hmm. now." Yeah, we got a lot of those calls early that's, on. That's funny. So. I, I think overall, tonight- Christine was her name. Yep, that was her name. We we actually made a little audio package with some of her calls, but uh, I lost it. We lost we, we lost a laptop and. It was on that, so it's gone. We have a uh, Lynn Marie's in the chat room right now. She just popped in, and I was thinking about her the entire time that we were interviewing because she studied religion, and she's fascinating to talk to. Um, so I was hoping that she uh, she'd get my mental message and call in tonight, but she's in there now, and uh, she she said that she was going to text us and say, "Let's get more calls and have me back on." And she said, "Tell Tim I volunteered more calls." She she set the record. She yes. has the record right now. I don't yeah. remember what the number was. That's because she's back awesome. And listen to the show, but yeah, you know that's. I, I say that. I say we want more calls, but we know whenever we have anybody on the air giving readings, yes, the phone lines just light up. So we know people are listening. Uh, oh, absolutely. That's absolutely. But we need more calls. So everybody that's listening to us tonight, please call in. Give us your opinion. Ask your questions. We love to hear from you, and we love to hear where you're listening from. And we've got a few emails this week, um, which I'm sure you saw too. Um, so I'll have to do some shout-outs throughout the week on social media. Um, people listening all over the world, it's amazing right. to me. Please, if you are listening, uh, get in touch with us. Let us know. You can tweet us at SpookySC. Let us know uh, where you're listening from, how you listen, how long you've been listening. Now that we have the Android app and the iPhone app, let us know what you think about those. And uh, and and Sudan Name in the chat room did mention uh, that we should have the request for questions going across the bottom of the screen. I know, Matt, that you do actually bring that up. We do that. You all you the time. run the graphic underneath that says, you know, call in with the phone number, and you know, we put that up from time to time. So, you know, maybe somebody's window that they're using to to watch isn't showing it, but uh, you know, we try to make sure that we put it out there uh, during the show. Right. And, the phone numbers are always up every but, single show, and they're right up on SpookySouthCoast.com. Right. So you can always just get them right there. So always feel like because that's the thing about the show, you can call in any time that you want to call in. But we, you know, if you're going to call in while we're talking to a guest, kind of keep it pertaining to the guest. I understand tonight we had a call. No, it was a very somebody cool trying call, to reach out to you, which you know, is awesome. I, I wasn't trying to cut it short, but also I'm trying to keep it right in the conversation, right. so. which is what we try to do always, especially if it's off topic. But and I thought that was a very cool call, and I look forward to uh, following up on that. There's plenty of shows where we don't have a guest. 
And oh, right. we, we are looking for anybody to call in about anything. So plenty of that. But, you know, that's, we're also We should start doing anytime. the Q&A session of us. Like a short little segment. Well, we have we have some ideas for the uh, for the Patreon, so okay. that, that that could be involved with that. You Interesting. Know, you, you get access, and basically, you know, this is, this is a self funded enterprise. You know, we we're we're just like Jesus. You know, we we have to make a buck to keep things going. What's so, that call in number? Eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. Okay, but, uh, there we go. That's the toll free. People are asking right now if they can call in. So. Well, I was going to end the show. Lynn Marie was asking, and Melody was asking. Okay, if people want to call in, we can go a little bit longer. Uh, luckily, we're not on the radio, so right. we can we can kind of foster that. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 are the numbers if you would like to call in. Uh, the only reason I mentioned it is because, you know, it's, it's, it's the last show of the year, you know. It is. That's sad. Well, we might, we, there's a possibility that we might put something together for, you know, around New Year's. Okay. But everybody's busy. Right. Everybody's got all kinds of stuff going on. So I wasn't kind of planning on anything. Uh, but I will be here quite a bit uh, in the you next will. week because I got some training to do. So, uh, you know, maybe we throw something together and, and we put something out there. But we will not be on the air for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we will not be broadcasting a live YouTube video. We will not be on WBSM because it's Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. And I am not leaving my house on New Year's Eve. Oh, God. No. I, I do not. I stay home. I'm certainly not coming here. No. So um, we'll be skipping those weeks. Then the next couple of weeks after that, there's actually NFL football scheduled to be on WBSM on Saturday nights. We will still be here doing the show via YouTube. However, the catch with that is if the Patriots get a night game, a Saturday night game, right. I can't be here for the show. Of course. But that doesn't mean that you guys can't do the show without me. Okay. And uh, and also, uh, we have had the offer from Jiggy to come in and be a guest host as that well. That would be cool. So we could certainly bring in Jiggy, and you could throw him right in my seat if you wanted to. One of you could certainly take my well, seat. Well, he'll have to run the board. Or, so. or Jiggy could. You, you know what I mean, like in terms of just like right. hosting the show. Yeah, Matt would actually have to do the physical work. Usually, uh, when, when we're left to our own devices, Matt runs the board and I steal the microphone over there. <laughs> but uh, certainly, <laughs> you know, there's, there's that possibility now, so. We'll keep chugging along toward 500. We're, we're not. We're going to miss as few weeks as we can, but uh, we do what we have to do. All right, let's take a call here. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. Hello, it's Lynn Marie. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Oh, we are doing pretty well. Good. I just wanted to call and, of course, tell you guys how awesome you are. Always. Well, thank you. We feel the same way about you. <laughs> and the other thing is, yeah, I don't know where I got the message. I literally woke up on the couch and was like, I need to go listen to this. And um, I I do have a theological background, so um, I think it's fascinating. But, but it's, it's great that you guys have people on that have different points of view, and I think it's awesome. And that's that's kind of the way that we always started things right from the beginning. Because you know, when when Matt Coss and I started this show uh, in in 2006, we didn't know. You know, we didn't know anything, so we couldn't actually do a show where we could come into it with an agenda or a point of view because we didn't have one yet. And it it's just become kind of, and you know this because you've gone through your own journey and and developing the abilities that you have and and doing all the things that you do. That sometimes you just have to realize, hey, you know what? It's better if I just let this happen and I don't get in the way of it. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I, um, I'm not sure that I'm going to come on and tell you that I am Jesus, however, but um, I definitely think that it's, it's a very interesting point of view, and I think that we as spiritualists, mediums, get a lot of questions about religion and a lot of questions about the other side, a lot of questions about what we believe, so always really a fascinating topic. My biggest problem with it is, though, if he really was Jesus, he would have a sweet beard. And Richard Brown does not have a sweet beard. <laughs> so that's just my, you know, even Fairhaven Jesus has a sweet beard. Fairhaven Jesus, I think, does a better job at speaking the word of God to others than um, Richard did tonight. I know it's kind of blasphemous to say this around here, but I think Fairhaven Jesus is nuts. Hey. I think um, I think we can put a lot of people in that category. I, I know here at the station they love Fairhaven Jesus. Do they? Oh, they have him in. They have him on the radio, all mm. that kind of stuff. Yet they don't let Big Al in, you know? When Big Al shows up on his motorcycle in a snowstorm. I did one time. It, yeah. Did you get Did you get spoken to about that? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know why. I'm not familiar with Big Al, so you guys oh, have to fill me in oh, at some point. Oh, okay. Really quickly, I will tell the Big Al story. And, and Lynn Marie, you can hang up if you want, or you can hang on and listen to the story. Um but, but basically, there's this guy named Big Al who is, um, he's an interesting character. Okay. And he drives around on a motorcycle, like, all the time, like, no matter what the weather. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he has a, a background in arm wrestling. He is apparently, you know, a champion arm wrestler. There is another person that listens to WBSM who goes by the name of Big John. Mm. Big John, also a championship arm wrestler. Somewhere down the line, Big Al and Big John didn't get along, and they've decided to take their rivalry to the WBSM airwaves. So oh. Big Al will just randomly call in for no reason in the middle of a show when it has nothing to do with anything that anybody's talking about and start talking shit about Big John on the radio, which will then, of course, prompt Big John to call in and have to respond in kind. So this has been going on for years, and for I've been doing the Saturday morning show now for four years, and... They have been talking for four years about having this, like, super card where they're going to meet up and and have an actual arm wrestling competition. And there's all these undercard matches that are going to be happening. But this is four years in the making, and it still hasn't happened. Every time they call in, they're close. Right. It's a little uh, over the top. Ah! ah, ah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I love this. I'm going to leave that joke, Stallone. Uh, always got the cheesy the cheesy lines going, you yeah, guys. Yeah. Always always got it going on. You're always on your A game. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what happens when I wear my Hagar slacks. What? I took it to the Stallone to the over the top theme song. All right. Oh my goodness. Lynn Marie, this is tr- certainly the sign of uh we have to let you go so that we can end the show. Absolutely. We we I just are getting to tell you that I love that story. So. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for calling and you have a great Christmas. You too, and listen, you guys, have me back on. I'll take uh, I'll take some calls for you. It'll all be good. All right, we definitely yes. will. Uh, Chris Can't is listening. Chris will work out a date with you, and we will get you back in. All right, talk to you guys later. Merry Christmas. Awesome, you too. Take care. And believe me, I never argue with having uh, somebody come in and, and give readings and take calls because I just get to sit back here and, hey. Right. You're doing all the work tonight. I uh, haven't done that in a... I haven't done that in about four years. We have not made you do readings at all since you became a host, which is intentional, by the way, if anybody ever wonders. So because if we have you do it once, Once, it's going to turn into I can call in any time and get a reading. Maybe we'll just designate it to once a year. We could probably work that out. We could probably come up with that. 
Uh, all right. Well, uh, I think that does it for this week's show. As I mentioned, no show next week for Christmas, so we will say Merry Christmas out there to everybody that's listening. And uh, we will also say Happy New Year because we probably won't have anything between now and New Year's Eve. Right. Uh, but we will return in January as we get close to our 11th anniversary, an inch ever closer to episode 500. And again, of course, as we always mention each week, follow us on social media at Spooky South Coast. Uh, I'm sorry, at Spooky SC on Twitter and Spooky South Coast on Instagram. And you can find us everywhere. Wherever there's social media, we are there. Uh, when they come out, you know, there's pornography apps that you can probably find us on. Right? I don't know. Sure. Other pornography apps? I I'm really serious. hope I don't not. know. But you want to hear a really funny story? Do you remember the time that I tried to buy stephaniebark.com? Ah, yes. Yep. yep. That that gentleman was not parting with that site very easily. No. Was it, was it a gentleman? I thought it was well, a cross-dressing. Uh, Jerry's still out on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry is still out on that one. Right. Um, for everyone at home. It was home, up for debate. I, uh, I tried to. What? Was it? it? It was not only a transvestite, but it was a transvestite with an eye patch, wasn't it? There was an eye patch involved? It was so bad. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like it had... Yeah. All right. Uh, listen, I don't need to say it. I'm, I'm really trying to end the show here, but now you've <laughs> taken me down another passageway. I have to go down this path because I was watching The Goonies today, and why? You know, everybody talks about everything that goes on in the movie The Goonies. Everybody talks about all the the great classic scenes and the classic lines and all that. But why has nobody ever addressed the fact that when they're in the you know when they're underneath Astoria and they're trying to get attention by banging on all the pipes and they're making all the all the toilets and everything go crazy inside yep. the country club and the guys are in there taking a shower the old guys are showering and the the handles to the shower go into the wall how come nobody ever mentions the fact that there's just an old dude in the middle of those three guys wearing an eye patch what's with the eye patch <laughs> I, don't I don't know, know but apparently that. it's a fan favorite yeah. amongst people that want to call themselves stephanie burke but clearly they were not born with that name so well if you want to be stephanie burke you have to have the one-eyed willy <sighs> speaking of Speaking of, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you have to have the, the actual eye patch that one eyed Willie wore in the Goonies with the, with the oh, diamonds yeah, inside so of it. I've so. had to resort to stephburke.com because I don't want to be affiliated with whatever that was. I think it's been taken down since because that was a long time ago. But, um, I walked into, I think it was WCTV one oh, night. But is it available? I don't think it's available. Because if it's available, it might be worth actually taking it because you would oh, never yeah. want to send your. You know, people interested in your site to his site? Or no, but that was the problem. Site, but you would certainly have no problem if, you know, the other Stephanie Burks people came to your site. Um, I think it's the content is gone, but it is not available. Um, but when I went to go do it and I was trying to figure out how to have a website at the time, um, Matt Costa was was on the job and I uh, was like, I, I have bad news for you. I have to tell you something. Even if it is available, I, by the way, just by talking about it, somebody else just bought it so they can charge you I was going to say, money. I did debate for a little, like, uh, me and uh, Warren, Warren where we were like, Oh, it is, a, it should, is available. Should we tell her? Oh, yeah, for $2,000. <laughs> no, no, just the low, low price of $1,777. Not bad. Plus $14.99. when you yeah. yeah, I think that's the... Um, the entire reason why I did not buy it, and I don't know why it's a premium because it's not that serious. It's, I, I I don't know. It's, I think it's probably the person that owned it. They could yeah, they're, they they're could, trying they to dictate the price. They to, put it up for like auction or yeah, well, like a, a bid. I um I I watch it regularly to see if it'll drop. It's dropped since the last time I saw it, but uh, maybe a listener out there will buy it for you for I'm, Christmas. Right for the the low low price of 
$1,777. You know, I think there's, there's actually a, a possibility here of you can get somebody to buy that site for you if you promise to post pictures on it of you wearing thermal underwear. <laughs> had to go there, right? I think that that could had actually happen. I, um, You're the ones that are keeping me talking after midnight. You know what happens <laughs> when I keep talking after midnight. I've also like, had myself a fancy energy drink, so 100 milligrams of caffeine, natural caffeine, um, has gonna it's gonna it. have me up till that's, 4 a.m. That's not true. 4 a.m. easily. So um, yeah, no, I, uh, leggings don't count. It has to be thermal underwear. I don't know. It's not my rules. I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm sure I've done worse. So. Well, all of a sudden, I hear everybody clicking onto the their web browser as oh you say God. that. I'm sure I've done. <laughs> let me see if I can find if she's done more. It's not on the internet. And maybe that was you that owns stephanieburke.com. Absolutely not. All right. I can promise you that I don't have boy parts. <laughs> it's all photoshopped anyway. <laughs> all right, we definitely are going to end the show there before uh, we, it gets scary. We want to say Merry Christmas, everybody out there. Happy New Year to you. We will return in 2017. With more episodes. Until then, you know, if you've got your devices, download our old stuff. Uh, for Matt, for Matt, for Stephanie, for Chris, even for Jesus, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular. <laughs>